there's one thing I gotta know. Why'd you stay with me all day, risking your butt for someone who's never given you anything but trouble? I know what it's like to try and rebuild a life. I had a bad day, too, once. Nice guys like you shouldn't have bad days. Call me. Don't press your luck. Eh, what are you looking at? On a week where, well, somebody had to win, I guess. Welcome, listeners, to Podcast 1A. Hello, everyone. Hello there, everybody. How is it going? Uh, hello, friends. So, uh, good news. Uh, after many, many years, we finally got a good Sonic game. And the only thing it cost us... Oh, my God. Time. Oh, my fucking God. The equivalent oh. exchange strikes again. <laughs> That's what it took for a good Sonic game? The impending demise of one of the biggest social media platforms in the world because of a fucking rich dude's goddamn shitty business ego? That's what it took for a good uh, Sonic game, okay. Funny how that works. I mean, look at, look at what happened in 2016. We had a new Metallica album... And the Chicago Cubs won the World Series. And then uh, the apocalypse began. It's been a weird... Uh, the universe uh, is a dick like that. It... Uh, some, might say we, some might say we never really left 2016. We never really did. We barely even left 2020. So it feels like it's kind of like a giant pile-up happening right now and yeah. we can't really escape it it is unfortunately uh one of those things that we have to keep dealing with and speaking of things we have to keep dealing with yes we have to talk about the thing that happened this week yes people somebody did win the powerball on monday oh jesus two billion dollars so after taxes i think that's like a couple hundred thousand dollars or something, Oof. I don't know, but let it be known, let it be known, I did not go away empty-handed, because you see, yes, I played uh, the Powerball for that drawing, and yours truly won a whopping $8. Oh, yeah, you can buy, like, expensive cheese with that. I can buy a very good breakfast at Starbucks with that. Or you could buy a Twitter blue. Okay, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not going to pay $8 for a fake check mark. Only a total idiotic mark would do that. Well, that certainly didn't last long, did it? Yeah, that uh, didn't last long because, no joke, the day after we recorded this... Uh, that feature went away. It's almost like giving people a commodified luxury was a bad thing because it leads to widespread impersonation and companies losing billions of dollars in stock value. Who could have seen that coming? Uh, apparently, everybody except the uh, head twit of the castle. 
What a fucking idiot. I'll say this to be serious for a second. The fucked up part is... Oh, wait, hang on. My mic was, in fact, flipped upside down, but it was still picking me up. What the fuck was I going with this? Anyways, to, to give benefit of the doubt, the frustrating part is, in some ways, that may or may not be a terrible idea on the grounds that... Elon may or may not be forcefully making it so uncheckmarked people don't show up on the timeline at all. I mean, if you know how the actual linear timeline works, it's no problem. It's a it's a little setting button at the very top. Thank me later. As I am, so I am, yeah, not too many people are already uh, coding ways around that because uh, when you think about implementing changes very quickly, they're easy to avoid. Yeah, especially when you have uh, no oversight whatsoever to make sure that things work. Or, you know, uh, no employees. Also, you know, for all the shit I can, shall, and will continue to talk about for, to Elon fucking Musk till the heat death of the universe, um, fuck the people at Twitter who basically forced him to buy them and then bailed with a golden parachute. Fuck those people, too. Mm. <sighs> Fuck you got mine is a terrible, terrible, terrible ideology. All you had to do was ban the Nazis, Jack. That's all you had to do. But no, we had to think about the Nazis' feelings. Who cares? They're Nazis. They can fuck off. Noted. Uh, to think, uh, to think, if he had done that, uh, Twitter might be in the safe hands of Disney. Oh God. Uh, well, I mean, he is making a new social media called Blue Sky, which is named after a company Disney fucking killed. There are te there are uh, technicalities regarding that whole thing that I'm not going to get into right now. Just know that uh, pay your taxes, big companies. Because Elon sure won't. And <sighs> I think that's a good way to segue this into we got a lot of catching up to do. Yes, we do. Because you see, when there's a season as big as the fall 2022 season... That requires a little bit more time for us to um, get to, considering this is our first main show in uh, a month. There's been a lot of stuff that happened. We're not going to get to everything, but we will get to the notable things. There's expect a decent sized show. Yes, expect a a meaty show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we will have a lot to get to, a little bit of everything this time around, and we start with, well, sadly, some unfortunate news regarding a show that is uh, airing this season. A staff member from Brainspace, working on the Golden Kamui anime, sadly passed away on November 1st. As a result... Basically, uh, the rest of the season has been postponed indefinitely. Yeah. This is pretty terrible. 
Yeah. And they have not released the name of who it was, but assuming the fact that the entirety of the production has been postponed until further notice, assume assumed one of the major members of the staff that was keeping people in charge. Yeah, uh, it's really unfortunate to happen that yeah, I imagine no matter who, where that's definitely going to be devastating to like everyone at the studio. I can understand. So, so I can understand why they wouldn't uh, want. I can understand why that would like actor production pretty significantly. Yeah, this is just kind of upsetting. I yeah, like I'm not. I'm not going to lie and say that. Like, like the obviously from a fan perspective, I'm going to just be like, oh, dang, I like Golden yeah, Cowboy. I, uh, yeah. that, but th- honestly, that perspective is like that's the little part of my head. That's there, and the rest of my logic is like that doesn't fucking matter. Somebody's dead. This sucks. It sucks, and then the cynical part of my brain is I really hope this wasn't like an overwork thing. I really hope it wasn't. Yeah, well, we're probably not going to know until somebody even discloses the name of the person. But it's this is very upsetting. Yeah, and unfortunate. I think they basically just confirmed that they are going to air one of the uh, manga tie-ins and then just re-air the other six episodes because uh, season four was planned to be 13. Uh So they're literally just going to rerun the six episodes they already aired and just a manga tie-in that they could just put on TV. Yep. Very unfortunate situation here. It's, uh... Ah, frick. Yeah. There's really no other way to approach this other than... This kind of sucks. Sorry, this doesn't kind of suck. This really sucks. Like, on all accounts, you look at this, this just fucking sucks. And this is a bummer. (sighs) Yeah. You know, we don't like to talk to start with, you know, heavy subjects, but sometimes, you know, we have to. My condolences to uh, that staff members, family, colleagues, and everybody who knew them. This is... Yeah. This sucks. Yeah. All right. And with that, as per usual, we like to lead out of a heavy story with a bit of levity, just to balance the mood. So, this Kanakawa bribery scandal, it's been a thing that we've talked about for a couple episodes. We did the Columbo one more thing, and we're now doing the Columbo just one more thing again. Because, yes, there is more to this! It keeps getting worse. It really does. So, the latest crinkle to this story is that prosecutors have accused uh, Haruyuki Takahashi, former Tokyo Olympic Organizing Committee executive, of accepting bribes from Sun Arrow, a toy company known for making plush dolls, of all things, of Studio Ghibli film characters. With prosecutors believing that he has received a total of 8 million yen from the company, or roughly uh, 54,000 US dollars. 
how does this keep getting even slimier, scummier, and make everybody involved look scummier? Now, citing um, the Mainichi newspaper website, a source said that this uh, money was sent to a consulting firm run by a friend of Haruhi Takahashi before uh, being transferred to him. And when you're in a position of power of, you know, an organizing, com an organizing committee of the Olympics, uh, that's something you shouldn't do because the first rule of business, never fuck with the money. Mm. As it turns out, this guy has actually been arrested three times for the same deal. Bribes Ooh, from Alki Holdings, wow. Kadokawa, and Daiko Advertising. And he was still allowed to do things. Huh. As a financial business person, he was still allowed to uh, I, I, I do mean, things. Like, I mean, uh, if the last week or so has taught us anything, uh, rich people just generally don't suffer the consequences for their actions, so of course I'll keep making things worse. Isn't that right, Dan Snyder? You fucking asshole. Not where I thought you were going with, but that is another one of those. Ooh, God, that just gets worse the more you find out, doesn't it? Mm. Poverty franchise. <sighs> yeah, so that's the latest uh, crinkle to this. And you'd think that would be the end, right? Oh, God. But wait! There's more! <laughs> Shinichi Ueno. The president of the advertising firm ADK Holdings was served an arrest warrant on suspicion of, you guessed it, bribing Haruki Takahashi with 47 million yen, or roughly 313,500 US dollars, to select this company as a marketing agent for the Olympics, accompanied with a police raid of that corporate headquarters. Ooh. This is. So, like, the investigator of this whole thing, like, his entire, like, his entire, like, office and colleagues must be, like, fucking losing it right now. Because the guy who's been, like, trying to break this down and caught them red-handed, like, that dude is probably, like, a legend now. <laughs> this is hardcore... Scandal, bribery, crime, fuckery. Mm. Holy shit. I, for one, cannot wait for the television adaptation of this story. Yeah, fuck trying to make a TV show about that, uh, that, uh, war crime denier guy who did Dragon Quest music. Do it about this fucking <laughs> shit show. <sighs> Uh, yeah, there's one thing we all know is that when it comes to uh, big sporting events, uh, be careful with who you pick to host your events, because you never know when they might fuck with the money. Man, Japan's never getting the Olympics again, are they? Yeah. On that note, hey, the World Cup is starting up next week in uh, Qatar. Ah, uh, I'm sure neither FIFA or Qatar have never done anything illegal at all. <laughs> <laughs> obligatory fuck set bladder and obligatory watch that old last week tonight bit about 
about uh, this this whole World Cup fiasco. It's like I remember seven years that. old, but it's still very, very, very timely. Eleven? No, seven. Oh, okay. I heard eleven. I was like, it, no, John no, Oliver hasn't had a show that long, has se- se- Seven years. Actually, let me look this up. World Cup 2022. Uh, oh, pardon me. Eight years. We're back in 2014. Oh, Jesus. So fuck. this is like the first season of Last Week Tonight. Uh, so yeah. Um, th- this is certainly a story. As far as we know, there have been no further developments, but... There's bound to be something else at this point. We've gotten this far. How much deeper can we go? Uh, the <sighs> hole could always be done deeper. The donut holes are truly infinite, especially when it involves uh, Katakawa and. <sighs> oh, um, oh, boy. oh, man, there's a new dive out already. Out already. I should watch that. Uh, theaters in two weeks on Netflix next month. Ah. So yeah, uh, we've been talking a lot about Katakawa, if you can't tell, because they've had a uh, lot to do with this scandal that has somehow taken up top story status in three of our episodes within the last few months. So let's keep talking about Katakawa, because they just don't know when to stop. So... It appears that big conglomerates acquiring smaller companies is all the rave nowadays, as evidenced by... Kadokawa's acquisition of Anime News Network. Yeah, that was uh, definitely a headline. It was definitely a headline, and it was like one of those things where you read it and you just go, "I'm so fucking tired." And we're, it's gonna keep happening. This is one of those fucked up inevitabilities at this point. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, really is the only solo uh, lap that I honestly don't suspect no stay that way forever. If, if, I, if I'm going to be totally honest, I'm equating all of this collectively, all this big business acquisition stuff, I'm equating all of this to a self-contained bubble economy. At some point, it will burst. Oh, oh, absolutely. The question is when. Yeah, the question is when. But uh, some folks from Anime News Network have uh, laid out some assurances. I think specifically the people in the editorial department, basically people who write reviews and and like actual articles were like, yeah, so Chris McDonald is a stubborn motherfucker and basically told us right now nothing is planned to change and that dude is aggressively stubborn almost to a fault. If he believes nothing is immediately going to change, I will believe him. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, Lindsay was also pretty clear, but also pretty clear she doesn't expect any interference in the editorial department and she'll fight for that. And I definitely trust her, so... I think the main thing that's clear is that Katakawa wants some piece of the pie, and I get the feeling the the investigative pieces are still going to continue. They they're probably just going to have to be more. They can't really just say Katakawa fuck fuck the pooch on this one. They might have to be like 
several production companies, and here's what's going on in the pipeline. Yeah, yada, 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 yada. Yada. Uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, worst. I mean, worst case that it does kind of, and it, and honestly, that wouldn't suck, but it is like the worst, the most realistic case. This will be the last time we hear about the Katakawa scandal from Bayonetta. For what it's worth, for what it's worth, all the stuff regarding this whole scandal has essentially been aggregated from other websites and publications. People at a have assured that there will still be, you know, full editorial control on their end. There's not going to be any, you know, ownership oversight. We know how this stuff works. We'll we'll see how long that lasts. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, for what it's worth, like they haven't, I mean, they haven't been made to take down these articles, so that is something. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it is also worth noting that like the benefit of having big backers is funding which a site needs and especially if they're going to keep doing pieces if they're going to keep like doing like conventions if they're going to keep getting like exclusive interviews with like big figureheads uh, like uh, this is important it's important to get that kind of funding it's like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah and if nothing and if nothing is kind of type, i mean i did kind of get a talk out of the fact that like some of the I kind of tutorial tabs already like poking fun of anything things in like uh, this week in anime and whatnot. And while I don't write over there all that much, uh, I can give you my personal assurance that if I do write anything there again, and I do happen to cover a kind of thing, uh, it's like, uh, if they try to make me censor myself, I will absolutely let you know because I did it for that. So, uh, good, yeah. good, good, good. <laughs> As long as they don't go full uh, shilt taste podcast, I think we'll be fine. <sighs> it's a it's a way to hear bad. Yeah. Unfortunately, this is not the only thing we have to talk about in regards to um, media consolidation and conglomerates taking ownership of smaller companies. Oh boy, it's like it's a trend all across the industry. Yeah, Anime Limited, that very fancy boutique anime distributor based out of the UK, have now been acquired by uh, Playon Group, a subsidiary of Embracer Group. That is another group that is kind of terrifying and how humongous they have grown. Once again, bubble economy. Yeah, and we didn't even mention, like, it's pretty obvious how much Katakawa owns, but I kind of forgot to mention it in the other thing. They disclosed, like, Katakawa's, outside of being involved in Anime News Network Incorporated, also has their hand in Bookwalker, Yen Press, and J Novel Club, just to name a couple. Is that And that's not even including the fact that we've talked about how, like, big media influencers for in the anime sphere... Like Sea Dog, uh, Gigak, and uh, the Anime Man have a podcast called Trash Taste, and like their like visas were partially paid by Katakawa. And that's why I call them the Shill Taste Podcast. Follow the money; it leads to the same place every time. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it's just Embracer Group. If is somehow even crazier with the level of how much it all comes down and how much it's connected. I'm not going to mention it, but oh wait, this article does for us actually a little. Yeah. If you want to know how big Embracer Group is, um, 
they're the company formerly known as THQ Nordic. Ew. They have a lot of things. They picked up a lot of stuff from the Square Enix fire sale. They have Dark Horse, and they have many other things. Oof. It they I think they own Dark Horse Comics too. Uh, and, and as you would expect, this is solely a, from what we can gather anyway, a funding venture. Because when an industry gets way, way, way bigger. You need more capital to keep uh, yourself afloat. All right. For, for, from what I understand, a business will be at, will just be, you know, same as always, which it kind of, it, again, for this and for the a kind of cow thing, you kind of have to let them just do the same as always because you don't want to get uh, a conflict of interest going on because uh, <laughs> courts don't like that. God. So yeah, it's like you've got Play On, you've got THQ Nordic, a company called Coffee Stain, Amplifier, Saber, Decca, fucking Gearbox Entertainment, Dark Horse Media, Asmodee, Easy Brain, and Free Mode. Yeah, it's um quite terrifying. Yeah, media uh, consolidation is kind of fucked. Scary. And it's not going to stop anytime soon. No, no, it is not. Because, hey, are, do you want to keep the lights on in this economy? You're going to need to uh, put aside some pride if that's the case. I thought you boys understood. It's business. That, that's all it is. What's the threat? We all sell out every day. Might as well be on the winning team. Yeah, it's just, uh... Like, what do you, what do, you do? Just... Like, uh, like you could say it, this sucks, or they shouldn't have taken the deal, but, like... At some point, I guess it's inevitable? It's just one of those things where you have to you have to do something if you want to stay competitive in an ever growing market. But uh, again, bubble economy. Just keep that in mind. Like we're hitting that point where like everything is like owned by double digit it, it, by like double digit companies. Mm. It's <sighs> a lot. It is. Yeah, all right. Well, uh, enough uh, big business talk. Let's talk about something that Jet, you uh, brought to us, so I'll let you uh, take the reins for this whole thing. So, as over those of you who uh, keep up with Jonin uh, Jump, uh, there are four new series uh, coming to the magazine. I'm not going to uh, go into each of them because I don't have enough time for that. Uh, but one noticeable one is a new one called uh, Ichinose no Tazai or like uh, the Ichinose Families, Family Center, something like that. I think it's it, 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 the Shonen Jump just announced like three hours ago the English title, the Ichinose Families, Deadly Sins, which that one is notable because that is being written, that is being created and written by Taizan 5. Yes. Uh, the reason we... that's notable is, uh, Alex, did you watch uh, Super Eyepatch Wolf's video about the current state, the latest current state of Shonen Jump video? 
Uh, a little while ago, yeah. He talked about a little series called Takapi's Original Sin. Mm-hmm. This is the same author. Interesting. Uh, yeah. I literally read that on a whim just because I was curious about that video, and I heard it was short and fucking... <laughs> okay. I am very fascinated to know what how this is going to turn out in the main magazine. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, I haven't read that series, but I've heard it say a lot, so I am curious. But, uh, let's say, uh, but, uh, anyway, what's, uh, notable, what's the especially notable here is, uh, these are, uh, the same editor for that series is making their way over to Jump, and most notably, uh, this is the first female editor in the history of Jonah Jump. They're also the editor, I also want to give a shout out to the fact that they're also the editor on... You and I are polar opposites, which I've also been reading on uh, Manga Plus, and that one is very cute, and that one is very good rom-com. And this is both fascinating and weirdly depressing. Fascinating, depressing, and a little terrifying in some respects. Fascinating, fascinating because, oh yay, cool, we get a, a female member of the editorial department for the biggest manga magazine in the world depressing in that fuck it actually took this long uh yes i uh, yes sorry, yes it took literally like 50 years it took half a century that's a, uh, it's a uh, yeah and it's especially annoying because um it's a, uh, because it has been very well reported that there is a very deep boys club mentality when it comes to the editorial department like it's real bad. That's the least surprising thing I've ever heard. A boys club in Jump? Perish the thought. Who could have seen that coming since uh, a certain title was... Uh... Yeah. That could mean literally anything, but I'll... either way, it's Toriko. just... Oh, uh, yeah. That's, that's one of yeah. them. Anyways, so that's cool. That's exciting and depressing all at once. I also don't know if this one's going to last long because Takapi was like, felt pretty complete in 16 chapters. So hopefully this one's going to be, how do I put this? Hopefully this one's less going to be you're fired and going to be more fuck you, I quit once it finishes its run. Uh, 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 yes, uh, yeah, but I mean, obviously, we'll see how long they plan to run it, but, uh, either way, I hope the editor actually has a decent career at Jump, and, uh, also, while it is dark, I mean, it must be acknowledged, I also hope they don't fall victim to any workplace harassment, because, again, boys club, so, uh, yeah. For better or for worse, we might not know, but either way, um, yeah. Anyways, a couple other new, notable new series, because they're launching four, so it's going to be the biggest one in a while. Uh, there's a new manga coming, written by Nisio Isin, by the way. Uh, yeah, the last thing he did in Jump was Box, which uh, the anime didn't get far enough, but uh, that manga was in some really, really bizarre and really meta places. So, so uh, definitely kind of curious what he will... For jump this time so Nisio Isi doing a new jump manga is going to be very interesting. 
Uh, there's a new gag manga, which I've seen the preview image, and, like, one of the characters literally looks like Trunks from Dragon Ball, like, straight up. And then, um, Jinzo Ningen 100, which is notable because that is the winner of the Golden Cup Award, which... For those who do not know, the Golden Cup Award is basically a manga competition in which, like, the grand prize winner gets a guaranteed slot in the main Shonen Jump magazine. Ah, uh, but will this uh, but will this one actually break the dreaded curse of all those series, like, failing almost immediately? Yeah, so there's it's also kind of a cursed award because like nine like eight or nine of the past winners got canceled in under a year and one of the winners of the cup was the author of Ruri Dragon which while that series is doing extremely extremely well off of its first volume sales it is also still not come back to the main magazine in several months because of the author's, like, pretty severe illness. Uh, yeah. I must remember another notable winner was, uh, Yuki Tabata. Weirdly, not, funny enough, not for Black Clover, but for another series called Hungry Joker that I actually did read a little bit of. It was like, it was basically like the gray and bad, but like, science stuff. It was actually kind of interesting, and I'm kind of sad that didn't stick around and we got Black Clover instead, but like, yeah, but Yuki Nabata was a Golden Cup winner. Anyways, I'm <laughs> going to keep an eye out for uh, the new series, the new Sin series from Tizon 5. Uh, well, it can't be any more sinful than, uh, <laughs> than Seven Deadly Sins, because, uh, boy, howdy, did that got carried Okay, for a second I thought you were going to say get more sinful than the last one he, they did, and it's like, I don't know. I, I don't actually know. Okay, I mean, I, would ha- I, mean, I, would, have to re- I would have to have read it to make a joke like that, and uh, I don't know. Maybe I will eventually, but not now. Anyways, new jump stuff. Glad there's a fucking female editor. Embarrassing it took this long. Mm. <sighs> yeah, good stuff. Even though, uh, yeah, come on, do better, guys. Progress <laughs> is happening, just it, it's slower than we would like sometimes. Yeah, it's very slow. Okay, we're a little late on this thing, but hey, better late than never. So it's big news either way. Let's talk about this Trigun Stampede uh, second trailer. Um, so yeah, um, yeah uh, I, I, I controversial, but I quite liked it. I I don't think it's controversial. I do really like it, and I think a lot of people really like it. We are just in absolutely uncharted territory right now. Yeah, so, uh, I, 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 yeah just have, I just have one question that I want to ask about this. Uh, the question everyone wants to ask. Why is Robert De Niro here? Doesn't he have, like, five movies to film? Okay, so... That's, uh, okay, that's actually not what I thought. Uh, okay, that's not, okay, that is a good joke, but actually didn't think that's where you're going with it. Because... So, this trailer officially introduces the rest of the crew, because we, we knew this was going to be a younger Vash to Stampede. I saw people speculating this was just going to be Vash. 
which I'm going to be real, that in itself seemed insane to me. It's a new story, they can do whatever they want. And they release promotional art of a man with a fucking cross gun. And it's like, that's that's totally going to be Wolfwood. What the fuck are you talking about? Somebody was arguing me, being like, oh, it could just be an original new character. That's a common gun. It's like, no, it's fucking... Anyways, I was right, and that person was wrong, and I wanted to brag about it. Anyways, so we introduce... We introduce Meryl. We introduce Wolfwood looking younger with nice new designs. And we don't introduce Millie. We introduce the fourth new character to the squad is a brand new character, an older man named Roberto De Niro. Uh, just, just different enough not to get sued. Which, so, the, God, I had a lot of thoughts on this when this first came out. So, I personally, this is my personal assumption, I don't believe they're just going to erase Millie from the show. Yeah, that would be really foolish. I, I'm not, like, really foolish, but also really strange? Because they got the other ones, and presumably other characters, including a character that looks like Legato Blue Summers is also teased in this trailer, too. Uh, that's a, uh, that is an important character, so I, get, I imagine it would be hard to get rid of it entirely. So, like... But the thing is, everybody's panicking because they don't know. Nobody fucking knows. This is an original story. This isn't going for the original anime. This isn't a Trigun Maxim adaptation. This is them doing whatever they want with a new original story. And they don't know if Millie is just not in the show. They don't know if she's going to be like the end of the first core popping up. They don't know if we don't know if Roberto is going to be like a fake out and get off in like three episodes and then like his daughter comes for him or something and then his daughter is Millie, which would make her Millie De Niro. <laughs> uh, but, like, we don't know. None of us know. I'm so excited. This looks fantastic and like, I appreciate uh, Jeff's new video about like anime CG phobia which genuinely fantastic video by the way great, great point all around and mm-hmm. this does look great visually mm-hmm. this is this is Studio Orange doing incredible fantastic work all around and I'm really digging a lot of these new character designs as well I'm excited when I say, oh, you say, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah if there is one genuinely disappointing thing to be so far it's a, uh, it is it is that oh it is that Meryl's new occupation is being a reporter instead of being an insurance lady. Like I thought that joke was funnier. The idea that like they literally had to keep an eye on him because he kept destroying shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that does kind of take away from you know a, a very well known gag for people more in the know like you know us. So. Like, this is exciting and nerve-wracking because none of us know what to expect. Like, this is this level of, like, intrigue and anxiety that I haven't felt in a long time. uh, Yeah, it's especially weird because, like, 
this never really happened. This never really happens with manga at this point. Like we've like we have gotten to the point where like if your manga is getting adapted, it is going to be as ridiculously safe as possible. They will not deviate in any way. That has just kind of become like the norm now, and like transformative adaptions are kind of like down the way of the dinosaur. So yeah. the fact that they're doing this is really really weird. You know what I'm I'm thinking at this point. I legitimately think this can only happen with Nightowl. Because at this point, between the original Trigun anime and the first season of Blood Blockade Battlefront, it is very clear he not only is okay with, like, deviations from his original stories of the manga... With Stampede, it's confirmed he actively encourages it. Mm-hmm. There might be another reason as to why this is, uh, why it is, and why it's being made now. It's very obvious if you if you notice, but if you haven't noticed, the market for anime productions has shifted considerably over the last few years. Because for the first time in its history, the international market, aka outside of Japan, is the greater demand than its domestic market. We're the ones that are basically dictating what gets made, because big companies are willing to pay a lot of money for a lot of these projects. It's why we have companies like Netflix and Disney and Sony and Amazon being so involved with a lot more of these productions going forward. There's money to be made and an audience willing to watch. Because, hey, we're the ones asking for it. uh, Yeah, so with that in mind, this makes sense to which uh, which everyone's so complaining, look, I know a 2D Trigun would be really, really cool, but, like, there is no way, like, no way they could possibly make a really good-looking 2D dragon animated current climate. It just wouldn't happen. No, it's, it's like like there is no, like like there is no way they'd be able to get animators on that that would just go to I don't know like Chainsaw Man or something. Like I, it's clear that like those are going to prioritize the in and the now projects. Trigon is many things. Trigon is not in the now. The fact that this genuinely looks as incredible as it is for a new Trigun anime that legitimately none of us ever thought was ever going to come is impressive. And you don't have to wait long for it because the first episode will premiere at Anime NYC coming up and the series will premiere in January to kick off uh, the Fall 2 season is what I'm calling Winter 2023. It's Fall 2. Man, like, this is the first thing to actually make me envious that I'm skipping Anime NYC this this year. Yeah. Everything else, I've been like, man, I'm 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 kind of fucking okay skipping this year. <laughs> this is the first thing I'm like, ah, oh, damn, I, it would have been cool to be there for that. Oh well. Yeah. <laughs> so the other fun question is, I think at this point it it could just be Johnny. I would be shocked if they got Dorothy Fawn. I think... Is it, is it, is it, yeah, I expect Johnny. Dorothy is a baby. They're probably not getting done anymore. They're probably not... 
Yeah, probably. And then I don't think they can afford Robert De Niro, so... <laughs> Obviously not. <laughs> uh, I mean, Ray Chase is a possibility, depending how they yeah. how they want to play this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, actually, uh, I don't know. I want to look up something real Okay, well... Uh, you, you know what? Fuck it. Gabe Kunda for Roberto De Niro. Why not? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so all you going to MNYC, um, enjoy it if you're going to see that, and uh, uh, make sure you make time to uh, take the ride down to Newark for AEW's uh, Full Gear pay-per-view happening the very same weekend. Yeah. Okay, that's fine, my curiosity. I wanted to see who like directed the Trigun's Badland movie dub, because I, because I figured, okay, like if I know who directed that, maybe I'll be able to, like, Divide the odds of like them getting anyone back besides Johnny, and that was Zach Bolton who literally hasn't done anything in the last few years. So. He, he's I'm pretty sure Zach Bolton is still a producer at uh, yeah yeah like yeah like he's still there but he doesn't direct stuff so who knows about that um I feel like Chris George would be the person that studied under him, but that also doesn't guarantee. Honestly, this is this is fair game. It's completely fair game. Yeah, I, I feel like if they, I feel like if they do get Johnny back and they're like willing to extend an olive branch, a little bit of an olive branch, outside of Texas, it'll be Mike. I'm gonna say not Mike. I'm gonna say Caitlin Glass. Nah, yeah, that, that would also work. Because he did pop up in Horror Mia, and I think he's popped up in a couple of her dubs too. So I could see Caitlin. Well, we shall see in due time, then. All right. And yeah, um, I mentioned all those big companies uh, earlier. It's been a while, but we finally have an update on what the hell Disney's doing with some of the shows that they call dibs on, like, over a year ago. And are they doing a good... (laughs) A good is... um, Subjective. I, I just noticed I put the wrong thing uh, in here, but uh, we can wing it, Alex. It's fine. I yeah, know what yeah. you wanted to post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so here's the here's the super short version. Black Rock Shooter, Dawn Fall, that show that is now on Hulu, and Tommy Time Machine Blues is also up now up on Hulu. So the thing to note about Tommy Time Machine Blues is Tommy Time Machine Blues uh, currently sub only. But the entirety of it is now on Hulu, all six episodes. So the entirety of the sequel to uh, the Tatami Galaxy, as directed by... Is it fucking Shigo Natsume? I'm like, oh, I think it is Shigo Natsume, which, that's incredible. You can now watch it on Hulu. That's available, that's fine. It was, uh, for a moment, listed to be on Disney+, Plus, but I guess somebody there um, had second thoughts and decided, eh, we're going to put it over here instead. So, yes, in anywhere outside of the U.S., Tatami Time Machine Blues is on Disney+, Plus, but in the United States, it is a, a it is on Hulu and marketed as a Hulu original. Because we're stupid like that, because NBC still owns like a third of it for the next uh, year and a half or so. Uh, and, I say, uh, and, uh, and here I was guessing Dizzy just um, is a little, still a little weary of having anime directly associated with their brand. Not so in Japan, but then again, 
they operate a little bit differently. I mean, I'm talking U.S. Disney specifically. Oh, yeah. So, in Tatsumi Time Machine, Blues is about as ideal as it gets. Now, let's talk about Black Rock Shooter, Dawnfall, an anime that premiered in April that had not been legally streaming for six months. And the dub had been steadily dropping in other regions very slowly, but in other regions it was popping up. And then six months later, six months after this anime premiered, and like three to six months after it ended, they released episode one, Sub and Dub. They are releasing this show weekly. Oh, yeah, so, uh, okay, yeah, so, uh, you know, say what you will about Netflix sale. It was annoying, it was stupid, and I'm glad it is, like, mostly a thing of the past for a lot of their stuff. We're not talking about Joseph right now. But they dropped all of it. They said, yeah, but yeah, they dropped all of it at once, and they usually told you when stuff was coming. It might not have been when you wanted it to come, but they usually gave you a general idea of what you could expect it. What Disney's doing is pretty ridiculous. Yeah. The communication has been absolute dog shit. And, um, weekly for a show that came out six months ago. The full show will not be done until nine months after it debuted in Japan. There are some cases where the weekly model works, like Andor. That works. This. This doesn't. I, I know we're picky like that. We complain when one happens and the, and the other doesn't. As, 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 okay, okay, here's the thing. Well, we at least bought a one and fine if they had actually simulcasted it. But they didn't. But they didn't. And there's the problem here. And we still have no idea when summertime rendering's coming. And if Black Rock Shooter is anything to go by... They are going to air that weekly for six months Ugh. after it has already finished its full run in Japan. Yeah, and it's just because I was really curious about that one. That's pretty fucking terrible. Ugh. You know, that's what we have television for, right, guys? Like, uh, <sighs> If you're going to do the weekly model, you need to simulcast it like as it's coming out. If you're going to do the if you're going to do the release it several months later, just drop the whole show all at once. This is the worst of both worlds, and I'm kind of impressed we could go shittier than Netflix. Here we are. Yeah, it's uh, not great. But it's something, and that's more than what we've gotten over the last six months to, you know, a year since they announced this whole venture. <sighs> Thanks for the crumbs, Bob Chappick, you fucking asshole. I hope you're enjoying your, your stock value tanking. Oh yeah, that's the motherfucker that said cartoons are for kids. Yeah. It's it's gonna take a long time before Disney Plus turns a profit. Maybe don't invest so much money in original projects and promote the stuff you already have. But you know, whatever. Uh, so like, 
Are we done? We are technically maybe not done talking about Disney and anime. Not tech, not quite, because uh, there was something that happened. Studio Ghibli put up a very, very short teaser video that was basically their company's logo and the Lucasfilm company logo. This is all we know. We don't know anything else. Something's going to happen. We don't know what it is. Well, that really did not take long to figure out what it was going to be, because no joke, the day after we recorded the show, we got the announcement of what this is. Turns out it's something a little uh, neat. Nothing too major, but, you know, still neat. Zen, Grogu, and Dust Bunnies. A hand-drawn animated short from Studio Ghibli, directed by Katsuya Kondo, with music by Ludwig Aronson, is now on Disney+. Plus. It's cute. It's a cute little fun short. So, you know, go check it out. And, uh, yeah, that kind of renders the rest of this conversation we had about this thing being a little uh, moot and already dated because... We already know what it is now, so um, if you want to hear the rest of this already dated conversation, I'll put it at the very, very end of the show as like an outtake because uh, we kind of don't need it anymore. So um, on to the next thing. Okay, now we have a little bit of the uh, conversation to have. Uh, in regards to oh shit yeah okay yeah uh, this one this one's on jet I'll I'll take yeah, the, the ra- uh, this, this this one's a little messy but we'll try to explain so Toei promoted that that uh, English dub of Dragon Quest The Adventure of Die that was locked to uh, the BBC would be coming stateside on November eighth and it kind of did didn't. No, it it straight up was not available, Dave. I checked. I was I was able to look up where it was, and again, this is courtesy of friend of the show NJ, who was informed of this as well. I think it's like the first forty or so episodes are available on the Microsoft Store in Canada. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're on the Microsoft. They're on the Microsoft Store now. They were not before. Oh, they are now. They were not oh, the okay. day of. Okay, good. Yeah. So yeah, uh, someone at Toy was a little late because um, yeah, this was going to be up on Voodoo, the Microsoft Store, and Hoopla. If you don't know what that is, it is an app that requires just a library membership, and you get free access to um, well, whatever they have, which includes. A surprisingly large lot, a large amount of G Kids and Viz titles. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, yeah, so uh, if you got a library card, uh, I guess go check it out there. I did just get a library card, so I'm curious to but check I, it out. I will tell you right now, it is not on there because. Uh, 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 yeah, but it's not on there yet. It probably will be soon ish, hopefully. I, so I gotta get a new library card anyway, then yeah. that will probably be how I watch that. Yeah, it, it, it's it. The service, the service is. Uh, it's a little wonky. It's a little wonky. It's a little uh, pigeonholed with how it quote unquote borrows uh, things for you, but it it will be a way to watch the show for free. That way, you don't have to spend 
you know, like, you know, 50 bucks buying uh, digital copies of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, once all that gets sorted out, we'll talk about it because this is something that should have, that should have been available, you know, earlier on to begin with, but hey, whatever. This has been the worst cast secret in a long time because we keep joking about it, but it's still fucking fascinating. We knew that this dub existed because of a no work order from the SAG AFTRA. I was like, ah, yeah, it has been a long road. I would like, I, like, I would like to talk about it in a official capacity, but I guess we'll see what happens there. It's probably going to be tricky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, just be on the lookout for that. <sighs> and now we come to something that uh, is, well, in my wheelhouse anyway, uh, Really, really cool. We now have a day and date release for Inuo, Masaki Yuasa's, for now anyway, final film, a fantastic rock opera. I I need to get the actual quote that they used in the English dub trailer. From William Bibiani from The Rap... They said that Inuo is brilliantly intense and unhinged. The best feudal Japan, the best feudal Japanese hair metal demonic curse serial killer political tragedy rock opera of the year. I was in there when it came to theaters. It was a, it was it was amazing. <laughs> it was so good. And yeah, we now have a day a day and date for its release. It will be available on digital stores on December twentieth, with a with a Blu-ray release on home video on January twenty fourth. And yes, there will be an English dub. The craziest thing I discovered after the fact, talking with somebody from the UK, is that the UK ran the dub. Interesting. They ran the dub. And it had no credits when they ran it, but they did run it. Well, that's, uh... Strange, I know. So, yeah. So, um... Now we know who's in it. Now we know who's in it. And, uh... I will just say, the people uh, working on this, they absolutely understood the assignment. Um, so this is a NYAV Post project... It appears that this one is being helmed by Michael Center Nicholas because everybody's been specifically crediting him and thanking him for getting cast and getting to work with him on this project. Mm-hmm. So, as our uh, titular NUO, we have one Joshua Waters. So, this one is very exciting. So, notably, uh, Joshua Waters, you'll know them as Ishida in Ishida and Asakura. You'll know them as Kurunosuke Shiraishi from the new Prince of Tennis anime series. Uh, You'll know them as Ichiro, Jiro, Saburo, and Shiro, all the quadruplets in Tri-9, and the titular Yoshikazu Miyano. 
in Sasaki and Miyano. To which I jokingly made the comment, it's very nice that both Sasaki and Miyano have gotten to lead in an NYAV post-English dub for a Masaki Yuasa film now, because Sasaki, aka Kellen Goff, was previously the lead of Senpai in the Night is Short Walk-On Girl dub. As I said, they understood the assignment. Well done. Well done, well done, well done. Yeah, that's that's pretty dope. Yeah. And uh, Tomina. Yes, and as uh, the partner in crime, the fantastic uh, Ziggy Stardust of the film, Tomona, we have one Senna Breyer. Uh, I don't have many credits for her in anime, but I recognize her name because she is a extremely outspoken advocate for trans actors and voice actors getting cast and getting proper like respect credits and speaking out for like voice actor rights and all that and it's really cool to see a trans voice actress lead a Masaki Yuasa hair metal period piece movie and that's fucking awesome yeah, uh, good this, for her this movie by the way is also no exaggeration queer coded Top to bottom. I fucking believe it, yeah. It is wonderful, and uh, yeah, I eagerly await watching this uh, again in English. We have more uh, cast members here. I have not seen the film since the original theatrical run, so I will try my best to uh, figure out who's who. But uh, yeah, as one Yoshimitsu... Ashikaga, we have uh, Corey Yee. Uh, Corey Yee, I would say the biggest thing as far as anime I would recognize them from is that they are the Watcher in uh, To Your Eternity. Oh, sorry, the Beholder in To Your Eternity, as well as uh, Wan Yi in Kingdom Season 3. Hermes in Record of Ragnarok, and Jin Karasway in Scar on the Prey Tear. Right. As uh, Teenage Inuo, sort of that middle ground in the, in the first half of the movie, Holden Thomas. Don't know who that is offhand. Good for them. Uh, actor known for a couple things. Rami in the kids' show Deer Squad. Uh, did a couple indie movies. All right. All right. As uh, young Tomina, we have Carter Young and teen Tomina, Jonathan Leon. Jonathan Leon, I do, in fact, know because they were in the dub of Goodbye, Dawn Glees. They were the voice of Drop in Goodbye, Dawn Glees, which... Uh, they were really, really good in that movie. And also uh, the voice of Kazushi Yamagishi in the dub of Tokyo Revengers. And I think those are the, the more main ones. Everybody else uh, just, they've got the talents of people like uh, Kion Young, Rene Muchika, Stephanie Shea, Jason Marnocha, and Yako, Keith Farley, Susie Young, Max Lamberg. I'm not reading all the additional voices, but good people on this mm -hmm. one. 
This movie is fantastic and wonderful. If you enjoy Masaki Yuasa films, if you enjoy um, 70s era rock operas, I'm talking like uh, Tommy, Ziggy Stardust, The Spires from Mars, a little bit of The Wall in 2112 as well. And if you just really enjoy really cool movies that, well, are queer-coded to hell and back, this is the movie for you. I will absolutely buy this. And I might just buy it uh, digitally as well, because I'm very curious what this dub's like. And I want to know, were they bold enough to dub the songs? No. Duly noted, because uh, <laughs> uh, those songs have... Um, those songs have some magic to them, I'll just say that. I feel like this is one of those where it's like, I, I completely get it. This mm-hmm. is a very unique style of music. Yeah. <laughs> and I get it. Yeah. Uh, uh, two notes. Uh, the voice of Inuo in Japanese, uh, Avuchan of Queen Bee, is also uh, a fantastic uh, non-binary member of society. No shit! And, of course, uh, I believe uh, Joshua also yes. confirms... Yes. Uh, yeah, okay, yes. that, that's fucking dope. I actually didn't know that offhand. Like I said, they understood the assignment. Mm. NYAV posts are pretty good at getting the assignment. That, that's great. Okay. Yeah, now Milan Records. Can you give me that soundtrack on vinyl? I'm just saying, I would pay money for it. I believe you. Yeah. I got the Bell soundtrack on vinyl, too. Fantastic. All right. That's all our uh, big stories. Now we have some uh, new show announcements to go over. Okay. Oh folks, when winter starts, just pack the contention up. We have our 2023 anime of the year locked and loaded with a new project from Aniplex, Nitro Plus, and PA Works, Buddy Daddies. Okay, so I'm looking at this, looking at the promo art for this, and I feel like some producers, like, I feel like there were a group of producers who were, like, sitting there in a boardroom, having an argument, be like, look, we can make something like Tiger and Buddy, or we can make something like Five, and what are we going to do? And then someone just said, Porque los dos. I have a pen. <laughs> I have an apple. Ugh! Apple pen! <laughs> uh, yeah, so, um, we don't have much to this. All we have is just a poster and some vague character descriptions, so let's just go through them. We have here the tagline of The Buddy Assassin's Most Formidable Target is A Little Girl? And so we have our blonde-haired boy, Kazuki Kurusu, a man running away, running away from love despite having good communication skills and a penchant for women and gambling. Mm-hmm. Rei Suwa, a man who has never known love as he was raised to be an assassin since childhood. And their roommates. And then Mili Unasaka, a four-year-old girl whose father is the kingpin of a human trafficking mafia and whose mother is the kingpin's lover. Oh, there's a lot going on here. Holy shit. I can actually... And she has just a little splatoon gun. 
there's a oh, there's a lot going on here. Okay. Who's writing this is what I need to know, because I know the director is the guy who did uh Your favorite June Maeda. He did June Maeda <laughs> stuff, but I don't think the direction was the problem in the June Maeda no. stuff. Oh yeah, uh Yoshiyuki Asai is directing it. Remember he did Fate Apocrypha as well. Vio Shimokura is credited as drafting the original story and overseeing the scripts with uh, Yuko Kakihara. Okay, I'll keep an open mind. Oh my god, Bakano character designed from the Bakano. Oh my god, I see it now. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, that that's coming out in the winter. You joked about it and said winter is just fall too, and I'm gonna be real. I think you're right because this is kind of fucking. Absurd. We we also have the Onimata anime in in uh, January. <laughs> we okay. Why the fuck does Anaplex have six projects dropping in the winter? <sighs> it's just one of those things. But, uh, and I mentioned that uh, this. Buddy Daddy's project might just be the 2023 anime of the year. So will this project! We have a new series coming next year from Psy Games and Studio 3 Hertz, The Marginal Service. We know nothing about this. All we know is that we have several characters here who are very naked and very hot, and whatever this is, sign me up for it. Also, uh, yeah, some uh, pretty notable seiyu for all of them, too. Uh, yeah, uh, also worth noting there, dude. Uh, the gender of this is unknown, but uh, people did notice there was like a tokusatsu-looking monster in the trailer, so uh, either tokusatsu or a giant robot thing, I personally lean towards the former. This is also a Psy Games production, which means... The less you know probably means the more eccentric this is going to be. <laughs> and all we know is that there is one naked girl, a bunch of naked guys, and a squirrel. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, to that note, uh, everyone should keep walking, watching Akuma Maid. That show was so really yes. good. And uh, the mid-season twist in this week's episode was, uh, it was a lot. Okay, so the director did SAO Gun Gale Online and Cautious Hero. At Studio 3 Hertz. Okay, so this is a group of people that all seem to have worked together on past projects. So, this is going to be interesting, and I have no idea what the fuck to expect. <laughs> like you said, the less you expect and know, the better. What are these? Brian Knight Raider, Zeno Stokes, Bolts Dexter... Robin Timbert, Lyra Candyart, Cyrus N. Kuka, Theodore Thompson, and a squirrel-looking character named Peck Desmond. As, 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 okay, as, okay, so tell me no ghost writing this or something. <laughs> no, 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 no. These are names lifted from Space Mutiny. Flab Bulkhead. Fridge, large meats. Punt, speed junk. Butch, deadlift. <laughs> Thick, McRun fast. We put our faith in blast hard cheese. Big, McLarge, huge. 
Well, anyway, got that out of my system. The explosive debut of a bad new surface. What the fuck? Wow, okay, you've got my curiosity. What the fuck is this? Oh, boy, that is just wonderful. Count me in. I'm expecting a violent, horny good time. Don't let me down, folks. <sighs> now I gotta bring the mood down with this crap. God freaking bless it. Okay, okay, okay. I was reincarnated as the Seventh Prince so I can take my time perfecting my magical ability. I... That anime is apparently going to happen, and we are stepping one step closer to Isekai Singularity as we speak. I only have one response to this news. I feel like we've been here before. Have we been here before? Oh my god, this is happening again. <laughs> uh, okay, I was wondering if we going to post that quite. Only this time, it involves a dude getting isekai into a 10-year-old kid wearing short shorts and knee-high socks. Wait. <laughs> I don't even know anymore. Uh, so, oh god. I'm about to say something that I think... I, how do I describe this? They look like a they look like a babier Irma, but they look even more effeminate. And oh oh wow okay this is I actually did not watch the trailer before of this is like okay he's a baby and he blasts a wall. And then there's walking around in the short shorts. And then he's in the library. And then sword dueling with the maid. Oh, that maid has big tits. Okay, and then they're in the bath together. Okay, anime. And, um... Uh... Oh, what the... Then there's a demonic goat that he summons. And then the goat... I don't know how to describe the visual aesthetic of this one other than it looks illegal. The isekai industry is also a bubble economy, if you couldn't tell. Oh, Christ. Also, they got Eye for Rose to be the fucking goat demon familiar thing. This is certainly a thing that exists. This is also being directed at uh, Jin Tamamura, who did The Girl in Twilight, at a studio I have literally never heard before, which, I'll be honest, that is my first, oh, this is not a high-priority project, when I, he when I see, okay, it's a new isekai from a new studio I've never heard of in the form of Samugi Akita Anime Lab. Yeah, we have another in-between studio being bold enough to take on their own project, which, uh... Good luck? Apparently they also worked on something called Ryusatsu no Kyokotsu, some one-off thing. Uh, yeah, that's what I afraid to be on that topic. Is this a Shota thing? 
It probably is. I'm look. I'm I'm looking at this and I'm realizing from like the promo art, it's like okay. Yeah, I'm looking at the promo art and I'm like, yeah, I'm not talking about what I before. Oh, this is oh, this is show debate. Got it. Okay. Ugh. Also, it is isekai, but it is apparently isekai. All right, I'm gonna try and say this without falling asleep. Prince Lloyd wasn't always a prince. In fact, his previous life is one he remembers perfectly. He was a sorcerer of sorts. So when he was forced to reincarnate, he decided to continue his studies, Prince of the Realm or no. But his new life has its own set of challenges, including being a ten-year-old. What's the seventh So he was already in this world, he just kind of died and came back to be... God, I don't care. Okay. <sighs> Yeah, yeah. Like, like I don't know how to describe the visual aesthetic of this other than it looks e, it looks illegal. And realizing, oh, this is basically show debate is like, oh, got it. Perfectly makes sense now. I only have one response to this. Ladies and gentlemen, allow me to present Man Not Caring. Thank you, Dr. Cox. I appreciate that. <laughs> now, now, this next one's a lot more interesting. Yes, it is a lot more interesting. So, TMS has revealed there will be they will be doing a six episode net series, Lupin Zero, a prequel of sorts for a uh, you know Lupin with uh, Daisuke Sako on board directing it at Telecom with Ichiro Okuchi, interesting name, overseeing the scripts. Uh. Yeah, uh, interesting. The staff seems to be a lot of holdover from Part 5 specifically, which is interesting because uh, Part 5 was the one that, like, specifically went over, like, uh, can Lupin work in the modern day and kind of, like, vaguely hinted at Lupin's past to some degree. So, uh, interesting it's that crew. Yeah, it'll be uh, having its world premiere at Anime NYC. And it will also be available on High Dive starting on December sixteenth. Yes, they have already. High Dive has already confirmed they have like exclusive rights to streaming Lupin Zero. And uh, they have also already confirmed there will in fact obviously be a dub. So uh, yeah. So this is going to be interesting because I'm pretty sure this is going to be. I think it's going to be an LA cast. The question is. The, we actually don't. I do not think we're going to get the the Lupin regulars on this because yeah. they're teenagers and like Tony Oliver could maybe. Yeah, he could maybe do it. I don't know if he can still do a teenager voice, but it's like maybe. But mm. like Richard Epcar cannot be a teenager. <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> I'm I'm just looking at this. I'm just wondering, what is Ichiro Okuchi anyway? How does the same guy write the Berserk Golden Age arc movies, Code Geass, Valve the Liberator, Devilman Crybaby, Cabinary of the Iron Fortress, and Skate the Infinity? Holy uh, shit, uh, what? Uh... Uh, uh, don't forget, he is also on uh, Witcher Mercury. Yeah, that too. I don't get it. <laughs> that is a busy man, but that is a man that is good at what they do. 
Well, except for, uh, except, even if except even if for, even if what he even if what he does can be questionable on occasion. Except for guilt and like yeah, you know, like guilty crown of all things. Look, not everything's perfect. Sometimes you you need to beef up the resume. Jesus, he did Azumanga Dio as well. What the hell? Okay, so this is somebody who's been around for decades. Holy shit! I... Folks, get around. It's amazing. All right, Chet, give me your theories for Young Lupin Squad. Go. Uh, let's say, uh, okay, but okay. I mean, if Young Fujiko shows up, that will probably still leave a show. She can do a younger voice. Probably. Uh, Young Goemon. Uh. Yeah, Lex Lang cannot be a kajinzig teenager. Uh, uh, you know what? He needs to sound like an edgy anime voice. I'm gonna say Koi now. Good. That's actually a pretty good pick. Okay, Koi Dao for uh, Goemon. Not a bad pick. All right. Uh, let's see. Baby Jigen. Um, hmm, I, uh, I don't know. This one's actually going to be... I don't know. That one's kind of complicated. Uh, oh, so, man, I had a name, but it, like... I had a name in mind, but it escaped me. Uh, so, uh, let's see. And... Hmm, who else would it need? Uh, Okay, okay, well, Zenigata is probably going to be, like, 20-something, so that could still be younger holds, just, like, you would have to sound younger. Honestly, I was going to say, like, a Ben Diskin or something would be fun for a younger uh, Zenigata. As, as, I mean, I mean, here I was going to say that if, like, if Lupin is different and he cast a male actor, Ben Diskin, ben Diskin can do it. Mm. That'd be maybe Lupin. Fair enough. Okay. Um, as far as fucking yeah, yeah, Jiggy Jiggy gets tricky because I'm trying to think who's got a deep voice but also isn't like too gravelly either. Uh, okay, no, Casey Tag isn't quite the right energy for Jiggy. Uh, yeah, yeah, Jiggy is really tricky to imagine. Like I can't, like, like I literally can't imagine Jiggy like as a young person. So. Yeah, we'll have to see, but the very nature of this premise means we will get a younger cast. Oh, oh, oh okay, the name came, okay, the name came back to me that I was thinking before, Kellen Goff. Ooh, I like Kellen Goff as Jigen. That's a good pick. <laughs> Anyways, we'll see. God, God, we're talking about this. Watch this be the Houston cast. All right, all right, all right. Let's uh, not get ahead of ourselves here. Fair enough. Yeah, so we'll we'll uh, keep tabs on that uh, when it comes out. All right. Now, this next one here is a bit more interesting. Hyakusho Kisoku, the Peasant Noble, an autobiography from Hiromu Arakawa. It was released in manga form, and it will now be getting an anime. I believe this tells the point where there was seven years she worked as a farmer in Hokkaido before she became a mangaka. Mm-hmm. So pretty much the entirety of those seven years is what Silver Spoon became. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, pretty much. I need to finish Silver Spoon. That was a very good comic. So Full Metal Alchemist, Silver Spoon... And now a new manga series, which I believe is just about to come out. Uh, it is out on that terrible um, 
Unutterable Square Enix app. Okay, when's the physical? When is the physical release? The one that actually uh, matters. Uh, sometime in twenty twenty three. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, this is a great premise for a book, and I definitely want to. I I would fucking yeah fucking go yeah. for it. We'll know uh, sometime soon, probably when that's going to come out. And now we come to some newly announced sequel seasons that were, well, announced, obviously. There will be a third season of Slime Time, yes, indeed. Because, uh, yeah, Slime Time Season 3 is uh, happening. I'm not terribly shocked that we are getting a third season. Uh, slime, it, Isekai is hot, but not every Isekai is hot as hot as that time I got reincarnated as a slime, which is still yeah. pretty goddamn hot. Uh, and I say, uh, uh, yeah, that series is so really popular, so I'm not surprised. Uh, I might finish season two at some point, but uh, the way the first half of season two ended kind of annoyed me, so uh, I never quite got back around to the rest of it. I'd say it's still worth uh, finishing up. But I, but I also do get it. But I, I still enjoyed it either way. Yes, that'll be coming out. Uh, reminder, the film, it's opening in Japan on the 25th. It'll be coming over here early, early next year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Excited for that. That should be fun. Yeah. All right. And this next one here, also uh, very uh, predictable, there will be a third season of... What what is basically the most successful anime on home video in the history of anime on home video? Uma Musume Pretty Derby. It'll be happening in the spring. I guess my question is who's going to be working on it, but also wait, the most successful anime of all. That's God, yeah. I, I I am so I'm so I'm so pretty floored by that. I mean, like I want the first episode of season one. Like it seemed harmless, but like. I didn't think much of it, but apparently season two just blew up, so I'm really curious what happened there. Okay, it still seems to be Studio Kai, which is fascinating and also depressing at the fact that that made so much money and the studio that worked on it did not see much of that return. Yeah, I think we've talked about that a couple of times. But, uh... We have, and it's still absurd because I think they might be returning to do the third season. It's not clear, but... Yeah. And there's also a web anime, too, that's also... Wow, yeah, fucking the horse girl show so big. If you want to know uh, how big those sales were, the second volume of season two, in its first five days of release, sold over 150,000 units. Jesus. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, that actually is nuts. That, like... That way equips the likes of uh, Evangelion and Uranus. Uh, yeah. What the fuck? What the fuck does the horse girls like? Like that's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Like it was. It was fine. But, but what? Yeah. Horse girl racing idol anime series. Jesus Christ, okay. In... Whew. 
I would be curious to see what happens if they got that got a dub, and if it did, just fucking so give it to Marissa Lenti. They're not doing Kimono Friends season two anytime soon. They need another project to really challenge their casting prowess. Yeah, there's that. And now we have something that's got us a little. How is this gonna work? We okay. <laughs> so Vinland Saga season two. We knew it was gonna happen. We now know when it's gonna happen. It's going to start on January 9th. And per uh them, it will be available globally, aka for us, on Netflix and on Crunchyroll. So this is about as weird as I almost okay this is about as weird as this could have gotten because the entirety of the Vinland Saga licensing shenanigans has been very strange this is even stranger because Crunchyroll only had the first season in like European regions while High Dive had it in like North American Latin American and like a couple other regions so they had season one there and then Netflix had the show worldwide which meant they had it worldwide. Netflix has the uh, LA dub. High Dive has the uh, Sentai Houston dub. So this brings another interesting angle into the fact that Crunchyroll now also has season two worldwide now. Yeah. So and, uh, more than anything, uh, what is going to happen with the dub? Because uh, the thing to note is that uh, no matter what happens, uh, Netflix is likely going to stick to their LA cast. They still got the water that sad after deal. So uh, no matter what happens, they're probably going to stick with that. But as far as Crunchyroll, so there is a possibility that they could just keep the fact that there are two dubs running simultaneously. Like, like that that could just be a thing that they keep up and as far as like cast continuity uh, the only person I imagine they would have any particular difficulty getting back is Joe Daniels and that's literally it and like I don't even think it would be that hard to reach out to Joe Daniels because he's in the area and available they just gotta work with him so he's he's possible to return as far as the rest of them uh, Mike Haimoto is at this point a Dallas regular as far as doing several of the spring and summer uh, dub simulcasts. So he's a, he's a regular. Uh, Josh Greeley, they live in Dallas. That's a, that's a no-brainer. Um, uh, Jay, Hickman, Jay Hickman has collaborated, collaborated several times with uh, Dallas, as has John Swayze. Like, Joe Daniels is the only one who has not popped up on the Dallas side of things, and I don't think it would be that hard to get a hold of him. So, yeah, it is literally just going to depend on how uh, Kajirul feels like uh, going about this. Yeah, this one's really weird, and I don't know how this is going to turn out. Uh, on that note, we still have, on that note, as of the time of this recording, we still don't yet know what's going on with the Berserk Memorial Edition dub. Oh god, we still haven't gotten that figured out, have we? <laughs> no. 
licensing shenanigans. It's so fucking strange. And everybody keeps talking about how the original Berserk anime is going to come to Netflix. And I'm going to be real. I'm not going to believe it till I can watch it the day it supposedly comes out. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, okay, Andrew. Here's the thing. It will be available on Netflix in other regions. Not here, probably. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't believe we're going to get it in our region until I can actually watch it without having to go through a VPN that like six other YouTubers have sold me on getting. Yeah, uh, I mean, the nice thing is, is that if it's not available here, it means someone absolutely has it over here. We just don't know who it is. Yeah, that that's the fun part, is figuring out who and the when. Uh, yeah, uh, if, it, if it means anything, apparently Nana is coming to Netflix in some regions on December 1st. Yep, uh, not ours, though, because sometimes uh, has that, and obviously they're... We're gonna we're gonna figure this out eventually, but there is a possibility that, as far as Vinland Saga is concerned, it will be both on Netflix and it'll be on Crunchyroll, which is basically a way of saying it is not going to simulcast for us on Netflix. It'll come out several months later on Netflix, but the simulcast will presumably be exclusive to Crunchyroll in our region, as far as whether we get. The dub continuing the Texas cast continuity. I'm going to say the odds are higher than people think. But it's still very strange. Everything about the Vinland Saga dub thing has been strange. Uh, uh, Indeed. And uh, slightly unrelated just because uh, the Netflix thing got brought up. Uh, I have been seeing some, I, I have been seeing some folks reporting that uh, Monster is supposed to be coming, uh, like, very beginning of January, so... Uh, I want to believe, but I'm not going to believe it until it happens. Uh, uh, okay, okay, as it's just my, it will hit Netflix in other regions, probably, but uh, I'm mostly curious to see what happens with that, because uh, if that doesn't come here, it means someone has it here, and they need to, like... Which is then, it's like, who the fuck has it?! I don't care about NDA. Spill your guts. Yeah, you need whoever has it. They they need to be forthcoming. Just just tell us. Anyways, Vinland Saga. I this looks like it's going to be a lot of character development for Thorfinn, and I am still excited to watch it because I really did mm-hmm. like Vinland Saga in my time with it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's that. Um... Also, we still don't know when Attack on Titan Part 3, the final for real this time, is coming, which is probably a good thing because now MAPPA has this. And. Uh, yeah, to which. Yeah, uh, yeah everything about the ending is depressing, but it's equally depressing that uh, they apparently had to make, have Isayama make a statement where he had to ask people not to harass him when he goes out of NYC, which is like. Depressing. Yeah. I I feel I would know better than not to harass somebody for their story in person, but eh, whatever. As I was getting to. All right, was that? We now move on into the everything else pile, aka okay, the stuff I couldn't really fit anywhere else, as usual. And we start with an unfortunate announcement that you might have heard uh, last time. Yes, Birdie Wing Season 2 
has been pushed back to April. Uh, honestly, it's probably for the best considering uh, winter is just uh, fall too. As a, uh, as a, uh, yeah, I don't hand winter is stuff, so it might be better. Uh, on the other hand, it being in spring means it now has to directly compete with the second half of Mercury, which is, uh, that's going to be interesting. That just means the lesbians are going to win. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, oh man, this cake's not as good as the other one. The girls will be eating that like it's the fucking best pussy they've ever had. Okay, 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 Andrew. Okay, okay. <laughs> Maybe I went a little bit too explicit. <laughs> thankful that Stephanie is not in the room with you. I still stand by the phrase. I just uh, maybe a little bit more crass than I was expecting uh, to. Control yourself. Uh, you, you've worked with me this long. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's coming in April and uh, yeah, you're going to get two plates of cake to uh, gorge on. Be thankful. It's good cake. Yeah. Now we have to talk about Tokyo Pop again because they have licensed things. I just wanted a second to shout out uh, Hazel uh, for the very fascinating and interesting video on the time Tokyo Pop did a fucking reality TV, reality TV series called America's Greatest Otaku, which was a fascinating reflection, but also not as like cringe as a reflection as I was expecting it to be. It was actually a pretty interesting, good video. But it is still a little cringe in some ways. Yeah. Yes, unfortunately, Tokyo Pop continues to license things, and they continue to license things that uh, might be good. Yeah, kind of a bummer. Yeah, so we'll just go, mm. we'll just go through these, and you can all... Um, Sigh. Weep in horror that a bad company has some really good titles like uh, Snow Fairy. This is gay stuff. It sounds interesting, gay stuff, bummer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it sucks that Tokyo Moff continues to hurt us. Uh, you want to be an ally? Get rid of Stu Levy. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, and there's also cut over criteria. Uh, this looks fun. And boys lovey yes. office stuff. We have uh, Sengoku Yoko. Which I think we mentioned in the past because this is them picking up a fucking Satoshi Mizukami manga. Yeah. That is, I'm so sad. Uh, here's hoping. Well, I mean, Seven C's got the newest one he did, so. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I have that sitting on my shelf. Uh, hopefully, okay. I would say hopefully it doesn't take too long for Volume Two to come out, but apparently that's gonna be a while. Okay. Oh, I remember this one. This is the one I thought was Yuri, and then it's like, yeah. oh no, that's just a guy. Yeah, this is my coworker has a secret. I really did think that was a Yuri. Yeah. I mean, eh, whatever. And then we have a complicated... Read the title, Alex. 
I had to take my blue light glasses off for this. Read the title, Alex. A Complicated Omega's Second Love. I'm rubbing my temples as I say it. Sakura, an office worker at the top of his game working for a major company, has a complex over being an Omega. He hates that Alphas are always oppressing Omegas and has resolved to be mate-free for life. One day, however, he loses his memory in a freak accident and finds out that somehow he and his colleague, an Alpha named Narashige, whom he's always thought of as a rival, have become mated. At first, Sakura is adamantly against the arrangement, but by and by, Narashige's steadfast compassion, trust, and affection as his partner leave, Sakura finding himself attracted to him. Oh... My God. I'm gagging and vomiting at the same time. I'm... I'm go-vomiting. <laughs> ah, Omega shit. Ugh. Wild. Alright. Let's get to something a little more wholesome here. That I wish some other company had. My dear agent... Professional bodyguard Ryuchi is employed to protect the son of the leader of a large conglomerate and take his work incredibly seriously. One day, he's tasked with coaching Tachibana, a rookie new hire, who unfortunately has no money and no place to go. Opening his home to the new employee, Ryuchi is taken aback by Tachibana's brashness and his endless flirting. Just who is this mysterious new co-worker and what's his problem? Alright, and then there is Ogi's Summer Break. On the first day of summer vacation, Harto Oki fell in love with legally blind Shinya Tago. Although they connected immediately, Tago was first utterly unaware that Oki had fallen for him. For once, Oki felt comfortable fully being himself. If his crush can't see him, then he's safe from being judged. Sweet love story about overcoming differences and accepting yourself for who you truly are. That one actually sounds pretty cute. Fuck you, uh, Stu Levy. Yeah, also, uh, there's a typo in the copy here. Although, it should not be two separate words. I did notice that. I just read that as it was yeah. supposed to be said. I'm not going to read this premise, but this looks... This one is uh, Iberico Pork Loving Camellia. Uh, uh, looks like gang love. Sure. Okay, this next one here uh, looks like a Gintama Dojin, Platinum Blood. Alucard, known as Al for short, is a vampire who has been raised by a priest, Yu. Providing Al the fluids he needs to survive, he has created an unusually close relationship between the two, but what will become of their partnerships as Yu's mortality catches up to him. Okay. Mm. Again, this, sh this just looks like a Gintama Dojin. Man, this is a lot of gay stuff, and then just like, and then at least one or two mo anime manga licenses that'll upset some people. Yeah. In this case, if my favorite pop idol made it to the Budokan, I would die. So, rip to you Budokan fans who don't want to support Tokyo Pop. Uh, now we get to the real ones that, uh, well, well, two out of three of these anyway, that's any other company could have picked up. This one feels like something Seven Seas would have yeah, licensed. This, this is a very interesting one. 
Why I Adopted My Husband, the true story of a gay couple seeking legal recognition in Japan. As a gay couple living in Japan, where gay marriage isn't yet legal, Yuta and Kyota have found a unique loophole in order to live together and support one another financially, legally, and medically. Kyota adopted Yuta. Wow, actually? Wow. This nonfiction manga depicts how they met, living together, discussions with their parents, and their future anxieties and determinations as they strive for independence and equal... Wow! That's fascinating! Yeah. Yeah. That's upsetting, but that's fascinating. Yeah. I, I, oh god, I have a, okay. I'm going to say one thing. I will feel ashamed of myself for saying it, but please let me get it out of my system. You know, when he called him daddy, I didn't think that's what he had in mind, but when in Rome. Uh, 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 okay, I gotta get stuff on the phone. Andrew, you, you've gone too far. Get out. Go to the corner. Think about what you've done. Oh, I feel terrible about that one, but I. Uh, this actually really does sound like a fucking fascinating it story. It does. Don't ever do that again. I mean it. That's fair. All right. Next up. Delivery for you. It is uh, a gay romance about an, a guy and an Amazon delivery driver, I guess. Ah. Uh, God, okay. <laughs> trying to behave, trying to behave. That's the thing. Yeah. So does he piss at a bottle too? <sighs> You're on thin ice, Andrew. <laughs> Jet, can you call your friend Noah and get him on here for us? I'm going to walk him. I'm gonna I'm just gonna I'm just gonna shut up for a minute. Good. Okay, next year. At 30, I realized I had no gender. Life lessons from a 50-year-old after two decades of self-discovery. Tokyo Pop, why do you why do you continue to get good things? That really bothers me. I admire how committed they are to this particular market. Because it is a, it is a market that deserves to be valued. And I'm glad they are valuing it. Uh, it's just frustrating it's Tokyo Pop. Mm. Yeah. Literally anyone else. Did anybody win that fucking manga contest? I don't think anyone's way? talked about it, which is probably for the best. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, literally, uh, there are other avenues. Don't go to Tokyo Pop. Webtoon, Pixiv, Instagram, it's all there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know how... I mean, obviously, there are to be seeing how trustworthy that'll be, but I mean, even Viz is doing their own thing. Uh, you're probably better off trying that. I think this is all of the new licenses, and everything else is just like... Well, there there are a couple more here. Oh, there are? Okay. Yeah, we have a title here called Acid Town. Uh, looks like edgy boys love. 
maybe adjacent, I don't know. There is Dead Company. On the first and okay. wait, 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 wait. Another typo in the copy, they just copy and pasted the summary of a different series on here. Oh my god. Oh, that is the How <laughs> has this happened again? Holy shit, this looks like an edgy, like, battle manga, and they literally just copied the premise for Ogie's, the description for Ogie's summer break for this article. That's so fucking funny. Okay, <laughs> I have a piece here from 20 freaking 19, almost four years ago. Uh, the story follows Miyamura, a young, unemployed man who has gone through a special experience but lives an empty existence. However, one day he is scouted by EDC, a major game company, and it's a fucking death game series. Almost the same as the cute, blind boys love manga. And finally, we end things off with... We can't just do plain love. She's got a fetish. Her boss has low self-esteem. Sakura Yuino is a beautiful, cool-headed, and good at her job. And when she transferred to handsome, polite, but shy Itsuki Kiritani's department at her office, she's determined to do a good job. Unfortunately for her, Kiritani is so nervous around women, he can't help getting excited around her. And Yuno finds her personal fetish triggered around her new boss, who smells intoxicating to her. After a po- post-work drug and trist, they realize that perhaps the arrangement isn't so bad after all. Okay, so this one's Jose, and this one's ho- horny. Cool. Cool, I guess. Anyways, uh... Tokyo Pop is... It, at some point, I think there's going to have to be one or two that I'm just gonna have to say fuck it and just get from Tokyo Pop. And there's some uh, things on here that could be considered. Ugh. Uh, I mean, uh, honestly, if I'm honestly, if I'm ever, if they ever break me, it'll probably be through secondhand means. I'm not giving to me anybody. Uh, fair enough. Uh, okay, so there's that. Uh, feel free to lament the fact that some of these really good titles are stuck in a uh, bad company's grip. Uh, well, I've gotten pretty used to that at this point. Yeah, okay. All right, now this next story here is the latest installment of something that we have been talking about for, no joke, five years. Oh my god, really? We started talking about this in episode nine. Holy shit. (laughs) And here we are, episode 142, and this movie is still not only not done yet... But there's more work to be made, because this goddamn live-action Your Name movie nobody wants now has a new director in the form of Carlos Lopez Estrada, known for his work on Riot and the Last Dragon, who has also been tasked to rewrite the film. Oh my god, I actually didn't see that part. Holy shit. Yeah. If you recall, there were some uh, other people involved previously, like Eric Heisserer, who worked on Arrival and Bird Box, as well as some other guy who was tasked to direct. So 
maybe this will stick, and maybe we'll hear about this in like I don't know three years. I'd say three years is a good and is a good. Just as an aside, um, reading this variety piece, I was not informed that Disney was doing a live action adaptation of their animated Robin Hood movie. Which how is that even going to work, Disney? Anyways, I would just <sighs> I would just like to put into context here. In the time since we started talking about this live action uh your name movie Shinkai has released two feature films including Suzume which has literally just come out at the time of this recording. Mm. So he does a new movie every 3 years. It's actually probably been around yeah, 5 6 years. Mm-hmm. One even has time. Uh, time is immaterial, but I, I, I'm still hung up on this thing. How are you going to make live-action furry Robin Hood even work? Um, <laughs> like that. It'll work like that. Uh, like, uh, guys, people in Hollywood... It's uh, uh, Okay, okay, here's what it's going to be. It's going to look like live action Pinocchio, and it's going to look extremely terrifying. Like, uh, it's it, it not just that. The best Robin Hood movie was made in 1938, and yes, I am putting the Errol Flynn Robin Hood movie over Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Get over it, film nerds. Anyways, that movie will come out, and none of the furries will want any part of it. No. Like, they'll be like, I... No. No, this is not for me. None of us are into this. Yeah. It didn't work for Lion King. It sure didn't work for Little John and Pinocchio, and it's not going to work here. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, that that's your live action your name update. Uh, we'll see you again in three years when there's a new director involved because this movie's never going to be finished. They need to do that fucking uh, Bayo Three is their news on Bayo Three account for. A live-action anime announcement. Is there news on the My Hero Academia live-action movie today? No, and there hasn't been for two fucking years. Uh, like, it's been five years. We've had at least three different head creative changes. We still have no cast. This movie's never going to be made. Give just J.J. Abrams, just go do something else. We're begging you, go do something else. And then he's going to do something else, and everybody's going to be like, no, 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 not that one. <laughs> Ever think about how strange it is that James Gunn went from trauma films to being basically the head of DC's film division? That's still a really funny thing to say. It is incredible. He's getting, he's getting paid from Marvel and DC. That, that's the best job ever. Good, good on you. Get that bag. And he still got to kill Scrappy Doo. Uh, and uh, on the note about movies, uh, we have more movies coming to Crunchyroll uh, this month. So yeah, uh, this coming Thursday, the seventeenth, we have King of Thorn. That movie. So, okay, so a couple of these are just things that are buried in the Funimation vault that they still had. Yes. 
So King of Thorns, one of them. Yeah, we also have uh, Origin, Spirits of the Past. That one's pretty interesting, I guess. And then, and then this one, which I'm a little more curious about because yeah. I've actually yet to watch it. We have the Psychopaths movie. I'm told this one's actually pretty decent. Yep. And there was nothing else that came after it ever, ever, ever. God, there's still many more. All right, but mo most importantly of all, on November 24th, one of the biggest and most in-demand anime movies of the last several years will be making its way onto Crunchyroll. That's right, folks. Laid Back Camp the movie. Woo! Yeah. Woo! They're all adults and they can drink and it's fucking... Yeah, yeah I'm so fucking excited uh, to watch this. Zulus I, I, isn't here with us. He's, he's, he's tending to his own. He's very excited for this as well. I'm so... I was actually worried it was going to take some time because they were premiering this at Anime NYC. That was the other reason I was slightly jealous I couldn't go this year or chose not to go this year. But this is coming soon after, so I could watch this. I'm very excited. I really want to watch this movie. Great. Yep, it'll be available for all of you on Thanksgiving Day. So uh, if you want to sneak away from your family and watch uh, a movie with your real family, here you go. I think um, I think you have something else oh. Uh, oh, buried under yeah. there. Oh, and uh, SAO, Progressive, whatever, that's going on there too. Who gives a fuck? Okay, so it actually is pretty cool that they're going to be streaming an Aniplex movie on Crunchyroll. That's actually pretty wild, and this is also, like, there's been no movement on this since it originally premiered in December, so nice that it is legally available in some capacity after, like, a year. Yeah, that's nice. Also, can we just can we just talk about the fact that, like, it has officially been 10 years and people... So, I feel like there's no better encapsulation that the people are better at doing something fun than, like, actual companies. Because SAO IRL is a fantastic Twitter that literally just played what if Sword Art Online was real and came out, and how would people react on its official social media? And it was a lot of, like, public roleplay? And it was actually kind of amazing and hilarious in like one of those cheeky, okay, this is exactly what people would re react like. We've seen enough terrible shit on the internet to know this is how people would react to SAO IRL. It was funny. It was charming. It was actually pretty entertaining in like a dark comedy way. You know what sucks though? The fucking creator of Oculus just being like, hey guys. I made an Oculus headset that'll actually kill you. Oh, God. Okay, look. I, I know all the Bay Area tech bros have a very, very, very bad reputation of being uh, way too rich and way too stupid. I am so glad I don't have money because I'm actually a smart Bay Area tech uh, geek, as it were, because I understand the difference between sanity and bullshit. Like, this is so... This this is, like, dystopian in a lame, unfun way. Uh, I made a robot that screams. Why? 
Anyways, uh, Sword Art Online, you can now stream the new movie in November. Cool. whoop de fucking do I will continue to ignore it because I do not give a single fuck about it. All right, now let's get to some fun stuff. We all know the question, what does Luigi taste like? I'm sure it's buried somewhere in that two-hour-long Scott the Wasp movie he put up this week. Probably. But somebody was apparently bold enough to ask, what does bleach taste like? <laughs> so stupid. I, I can't believe somebody just... Uh, 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 the answer is, uh, no, you should never drink bleach. Do not, listen, do, do not listen to Pickles, that one episode of Metalock Lips. Do not drink the bleach. <laughs> However, Sugoi Mart from uh, Japan Crate is doing something a little... interesting? I guess. It is a tie-in with Coca-Cola. It is the Soul Blast Limited Edition Coca-Cola Zero Sugar uh, drink. It's a tie-in with Bleach, obviously, the, the anime. Duh. Apparently, there was a pop-up shop in Japan that opened uh, last month to sell it and apparel. It went on sale in Japan October 10th. There was a vending machine set up for it. And, well, if you're fortunate enough to be around to buy this, you can figure out what the Bleach anime tastes like at $10 a can. Jesus. I mean, it has been 10 years since the anime, so I guess that does make sense. I will just stick to that $1.50 uh, Dream World J. Cole uh, Coca-Cola drink. Thank you very much. <sighs> yeah. Um, just a promotion, just a marketing stunt. What does bleach taste like? It's, it's <laughs> so fucking funny. Uh, it's, uh, uh, it tastes like trolling. I'm sure it does. All right. Now, I don't make it very, um, subtle that I'm a big sports guy. I, I do enjoy the, the, the hand egg and, you know, the, the hockey tonsil every now and then. That's a joke, kids. However, uh, last weekend at the MLS Cup Final, you know, the championship game of the U.S. and Canada's uh, Major League Soccer you know, Federation, between the Philadelphia Union and the Los Angeles Football Club, taking place at the Bank of California Stadium in uh, the greater Los Angeles area, the LASC supporters came in clutch with a gigantic TIFO. That's a thing. Of Gogeta. What? Holy shit. Oh my god, that's actually... What? Yeah. This is something that happens uh, quite often with a lot of these uh, football matches. I know um, the New England Revolutions have that subsection. I know Mike Tool's a part of it. Yeah, the fandoms like to cross over. And apparently it, it worked out for LAFC because they won the championship uh, after 130 minutes and a 3-3 to tie on penalty kicks. So, hey, take it wherever you can get it. Man, I, I know I've, I've said, like, Dragon Ball Super Broly felt like it was basically, like, a huge sporting exhibition, and this is very much adding credence to that 
That's that's pretty wild. Yeah. But pretty cool. It was indeed very wild and very cool. All right, and there's one more uh, sort of funny thing we can you know poke fun at. Kentaro Sato, the creator of Magical Girl Sight, he's big on the Bird app, but uh, apparently he's taken note that uh, the new uh, twit of the twits has uh, been doing something unsavory, posting uncredited fan art of some of his characters. This is an insane way to find out that the character from that fucking crying anime panel was from Magical Girl Sight, by the way. Yeah. Mm. That's where the meme came from. It's uh, very it, It's so upsetting that I am this online that I understand what I am looking at. And it's that embarrassing revelation. This man is in his 50s and he's spending his time posting shitty internet memes. <sighs> yeah, and uh, Mr. Sato has a message for uh, the muskrat. Quote, Twitter's new CEO, Elon Musk, has been posting my drawings without permission, so I'd like a usage fee of one billion in dollars. Yeah, that seems reasonable. Yeah, that seems fair. <laughs> I mean, hey, I mean, hey, he's got it. I or I don't know. It's very cl- it's it's very clear. I saw people being like, "Okay, he's being unfair. He's not gonna win this." It's like, of course he's not. He's being fucking cheeky. I mean, he certainly could afford it. I mean, all he has to do is just sell more Tesla stock. Even though uh, <laughs> in two months' time, that stock's gonna be kind of worthless. Every he's literally is just poison for everything he touches, and it's his own fault. Uh, is that, uh, is that truly the hero of our generation? Probably once and for all that, like, millionaires are in fact not geniuses. They are not geniuses, and they are not good at business. All because Grimes left him for Chelsea Manning. He he really did just make his divorce everybody's problem. Hey, if he wants to take his own car company, go ahead. Eh, whatever. Anyways, fuck that guy. Let's let's move on. Yepers. We will move on to our home video roundup, starting with uh, something I think is kind of cool from Anime Limited in the UK, coming out on November 28th. Violet Evergarden, the movie, on 4K Blu-ray. Ooh, snazzy. And remember, it's region-free. Also very snazzy. Yeah, it's a little on the pricey side, but you're going to get some really cool accoutrements with it. Okay. Yeah, it looks cool. Yeah, it does I look need- cool. All right. So from Crunchyroll, coming out in January. First on January 3rd, we have uh, Sabikui Bisco and Sasaki and Miyano. Sabakui Bisco is very good and absolutely, absolutely a uh, fun time. Very 2000s. Also definitely a little bit gay. So is Sasuke and Miyano, of course. So is Sasuke and Miyano. So it's a great day to have gay shit on yeah. your shelf. And they are both pretty good, pretty gay, and very fun. Yep. There'll be more of that later. 
on January 10th, we have a sub-only release of Obey Me. Cool. What? God. I'm literally on the fucking Crunchyroll store to check something, and it's only listing two Blu-rays on the store right now. I'm going to write stuff. Yeah. I, I don't care about Obey Me. Good for, yeah. good for fans of it, but whatever. And we also have part one of Platinum Ends. Okay, this is what I'm trying to pull up because this is actually pretty interesting. Not the show, but here's what's interesting about Platinum End in this specific context. One, this is the first show that was from Crunchyroll. That was like a Crunchyroll pickup instead of a Funimation pickup that has Crunchyroll's branding on it. This is the first thing that just Crunchyroll had that is now getting put out on Blu-ray with the ever since the merger. So in that regard, Platinum End is interesting in that sense. It's interesting mm-hmm. in another sense, actually, because this has Japanese, English, French, and German language dubs with English, French, and German subtitles. Um, yeah, that is pretty cool. And apparently this is because I think the company that would put out these titles in France and Germany is also now just owned by Crunchyroll and Funimation, too. this is a Region A and Region B release. So in that regard, this is the most interesting thing about Platinum End. Well, aside from the fact that it's absolutely terrible. I, I said, yeah, these are more interesting than the fact that it's terrible. So in that regard, this is actually a pretty notable release for the fact that this is the first Crunchyroll thing they're putting out since the merger, and it's actually got several other language dubs attached to it. All right. January 17th, we have a season three complete set of Black Clover. Nice. And we have part two of season 12 of One Piece. They are they are doing it. Yep, they are. All right, and we have uh, Genius Princess Guide, yada yada, out of debt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There you go. On January 24th, we have only one thing that week, and it's a pretty big one. It is an Ellie-only deal. The Stranger by the Shore. I was literally thinking, I saw that this was getting a limited edition. I'm like, wait, fuck off, what? I mean, I really like this special. I didn't think it was good enough to get an LE. And then I saw it was a limited edition only deal, kind of like Golden Conway and the original Full Metal Panic Season 4. And I'm like, oh, that's the that's the caveat. Well, they are putting some extra stuff in there, so... It's actually a pretty snazzy-looking limited edition set, I gotta say. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, Stranger by the Shore, I think this is one I'm definitely going to have to pre-order soon, because I I do want this, but I feel like this is going to be gone fast. I already did, because, like, duh. So yeah, uh, there's that. Now we come to January 31st. First, uh, Rip Sentai Roll is coming to an end. There's a couple more things that have to get released, though, but we have here Season 3 of Ascendance of a Bookworm. Yeah, I guess uh, just fuck cast, co- just fuck uh, seasonal continuity 
completely now if they are putting out season three of Bookworm. So this is the second thing that they're putting out that Crunchyroll had, and this is the first one that officially crushes the Sentai Roll deal, and we do not know what that means for the other titles. Oh dear, yeah. And we also have a complete box set of Yu Yu Hakusho with those new OVAs after like four years. God, it can't have been four years. Uh, Yep, so, uh, okay, so, I mean, so, it's nice we're getting that OVA, finally. I mean, I've been wanting to do that for a while. It sucks that they're tying it down to this release specifically and not just doing a, like, separate disc for the OVA, because they totally could if they wanted to. It really does suck. I hope it'll stream. If it streams, then this is a non-issue. If it doesn't, then this is a big issue. Yeah. Um, my one however to this is that considering this is 112 episodes, $90 isn't that bad. Uh, okay. Yep. See, on the one hand, that is, on the one hand, that's not a terrible price. That is pretty solid. Uh, on the other hand, I already own the, like, classic Blu-ray sets, so this means nothing to me. And secondly, like, and secondly, those sets have been on the cheap end for, like, forever. You can probably get each one for, like, 20 bucks. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm a sucker, so I bought this with the Stranger by the Shore just to say, hey, I got fancy stuff. Honestly, this is a pretty nice-looking set, and if you don't already own the show, this is not a bad way to do it. I actually already do own those uh, Anime Classics Blu-ray sets. Some of the first ones they did, and honestly, still some of the best ones they did. I mean, mean, yeah, that show still looks incredible on Blu-ray. Yeah. I also own the whole show on iTunes, because I buy the season when they go on sale for five bucks, so... (laughs) I'm terrible with money. Aren't we all? Yeah, but I guess it could be worse. So, uh, Aniplex, speaking of... Oh, God. There's something else coming out on December 20th. If you any of you have like 130 bucks to spare, volume two of Magia Record. Cool. Cool. That Woo. mobile game got discontinued here. Yeah. All right. Viz has something coming out on January 10th, set 14 of Boruto. They are... Are they almost caught up? Um, I don't know. I imagine they're on the Kawaki stuff by now, probably. Uh, they they are definitely on Kawaki, because they announced uh, Michael Schwabe is playing Kawaki. So, let's see. fourteen. So, 12 by 12 is like 144. So, 114 plus 12 is like 56. So, so they're like ones, like in the one seventies now. Okay, okay. So they're probably past what I've seen. So yeah, they're pretty far. They're like a hundred episodes pro- behind the Japanese, but that's still pretty close. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, G Kids. Uh, we already talked about it. January twenty fourth. Inuo. There you go. Mm-hmm. Now, for Sentai, for January 1st, January 3rd, we have a re-release of Love, Election, and Chocolate. 
This is a series I literally never heard about until a friend of mine who just has a bunch of like shit he really likes to watch that's like kind of garbage, but I enjoy watching with him pull, pulled it up one day and I'm like, oh. Neat. And now you can get it for a re-release. Yeah, okay. Alright, January 10th, we have a re-release of Waiting in the Summer. I swear to God, didn't they just put out like the new set with the dub like two, three years ago? It was not that long ago, so uh, all right. Let me take let me take a look. Uh, uh release. Uh, last time it was released was August 2019. All right, so yeah, three. I guess four years almost, but still. All right, cool. If you want it, it's there. This is going to be the fourth time it's been released on home video by Sensei. The good news is they still have it instead of it just falling into obscurity like some of the some other big titles. Yeah. And we have a new release of Umaru-chan R. I seriously don't know what took it so long, but hey, I'm glad it's happening. I, I guess that Amazon contract was a little longer than we all thought. Uh, I I legit I don't know. I don't even think it's an Amazon contract. I, I, I just don't get it. It was on high. It's been on high dive for several years. I don't get it. This is what confuses me. Couldn't tell you. All right. On the seventeenth of January, we have a complete re-release set with the movie for No Game No Life. One of these days, I will finish the series and the movie. Maybe. Uh, I am I am curious about the movie, but uh yeah. Hey, I'm not in a rush. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be. Alright, on January twenty-fourth we have I'm quitting heroing. This one actually came out a lot faster than I was expecting because this came out in April. Mm. And then this is getting a release in nine months. That's actually pretty fast for one of yeah. these. Mm-hmm. And we have Lupin Part 6. Hey, you can buy oh. Lupin, and then if you're one of those people who have been collecting the entirety of the discotheque sets, you can buy it and then grumble at inconsistency. Just like with Lupin the Third, the first. Just like. Or, mm-hmm. or you know, just a... Uh... Or if you had the original Fujiko Mine from Funimation, or okay, I guess I guess, I guess consistency with Lupin sets is kind of like a losing battle. Uh, 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 yeah, uh, uh, and here I'm just gonna say you can just kind of grumble at part six being a bit of a letdown. I still have yet to watch it. I still plan to. Uh, I mean, I mean, there are some fun episodes, but like the main stuff is like not gonna see anything in part four or five. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, speaking of discotech, oh Jesus Christ, we're almost yeah. two and a half. Hour. We're almost two and a half hours in. We're not done but... yet, folks. All right, we got something big to do because yes, it happened again. We have ourselves the latest in a series. It's time for El Grande Discotech Day Seven. Um, I- I'm running out of taglines here. Ultra Macho Grand Supreme. Double XL grilled stuff, sure. 
So, so before we even go into this, I'm just going to say this right now. I'm, I'm just going to say my general consensus now, because by the time we finish this, I'm going to be very tired. I'm going to be real. I feel like this is maybe one of the most balanced discotheque days I've seen in a long time. Oh, yeah, there was like literally something for everyone. There absolutely was. There's been a lot of discotheque days where it's like, okay, 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 okay. And then the really cool thing is at the <laughs> very end. And I go, what the fuck? Okay, that yeah. was worth it. But then it's like, okay, that last thing was really cool. But a lot of that was just kind of like, eh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of everything for everybody. And they got started off very hot for all you Tokusatsu fans. Let me hit the music. The call on his powers to become Masked Rider. I am sorry, I played the wrong music. Whoops. I mean, the shows are just so similar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me just uh, get this in here. That's more like it. Common Rider Black. Nice. Very nice. And yes, folks, for, for those of you who uh, remember it, this show was the basis of Saban's Mass Rider, one of their biggest flops. Oof. Imagine turning someone like Common Rider into Alf. Couldn't be me. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Yes, they will have Kamen Rider Black coming out later uh, next year. It will be the entire show, all 51 episodes in HD, available in English for the very first time, because uh, they're getting good at uh, bringing all those shows out, out stateside. There will be many extras, including a cast and crew reunion roundtable and a new essay by Tokusatsu Troubadour, their worst, not mine, Mock Dent. No word on if any of Saban's Mass Friday will be included in it. Probably not. Hey, that's cool. That uh, this I've heard this is a really good one yes. from my Tokusatsu guys, so I'm excited. This is a very good one. So yeah, uh, they laid out what to expect, basically a little bit of everything. And that leads us into the next big announcement that they had. This happened like three weeks ago, so that's how far behind we are. <laughs> it, we're pretty fucking far behind. Bear with us. Yeah, bear with us. We had a, a lot on our plates. So, we all like Osama Dezaki. Mm -hmm. We got some of that fantastic goodness coming our way. Aim for the ace. Shoujo Sports is a combination, and this one's apparently a pretty big deal. Yep, from 1973. It is the whole show, available in HD, full subtitles, obviously. There will be extras and features, TBD. Uh, obviously, there's no dub. This is a show from the frickin' 70s. It'll be coming out next year, early 23. And yes, this is a, this is a very influential show. It influenced uh, a certain other title we'll talk about in a moment. Hey, that's pretty cool. Yeah, dead on way. Good to see uh, Discotech getting a little more into shoujo stuff. Also, by the way, just wanted to shout out, none of the limited release things that I fucking hate are present in tonight's Discotech Day. 
which makes me very happy because I, I really don't like that. Good. Good, good, good. Okay. Now we have a Gunbuster update here. They led off with the fact that the new artwork is all but ready to go, just waiting on approvals. And then they went into the actual uh, stuff. They went into nitty-gritty to basically say, we can't yet narrow down a release date, but sometime early 23. Yeah. Here's what they've got for us. All six episodes with all the science lessons, all dubbed in English, all in 5.1 surround sound, with, from what they say, a very awesome mix, along with tons of extras, including commercials, shorts, interviews, commentaries, and a new commentary by anime scholar and historian Dr. Jonathan Clements, who has done a lot of work for a lot of uh, platforms, both here in the U.S. and the U.K. Yeah, this Gunbuster is taking a long time, but they know it's going to be in everything in the Kitchen Sink release, and as it should be. They apparently took five attempts to press everything on the disc. That's how jam-packed and loaded it is. And yeah, we did get a look and listen at both the new artwork and the new English dub. It sounds wonderful. Hey there, you're Noriko? <gasps> yeah! Oh, if I'm not mistaken, you're Admiral Takaya's daughter, yes? My condolences. It must have been very difficult for you. Uh, well, it happened a long time ago, so you know. <laughs> if that's what you're struggling with, it might be easier if you focus on the feedback from your balancers. And don't neglect the input from your hands and feet. You do all those things at once? But if that's the case, how are you supposed to keep up with the monitor? Well, honestly, I almost never look at it. For me, I find that my body just does what I need it to. Most of the time, anyway. Wow! You're natural! No, I think you misunderstand. It's taken a lot of hard work to get where I am. Sure! What I meant was, you're a natural at working hard! Yeah, no, uh... Lenti and their team at Sout Cadence are fantastic at what they do, and it sounds really good. I also appreciate how the clip looked and sounded incredibly gay. They know what they're doing. They understand the assignment. Oh, oh yeah, Lenti has pretty much told me that it's just like, yeah, no, I, I like I like that gay shit. It's like, <laughs> yeah, and there are more <laughs> notes regarding uh, this release. Episode six of Gunbuster has some weird film shifting things to it. It has been remastered to be true widescreen, like in the movie, because yes, there is a movie. Whereas on the original Japanese Blu-ray, it was window-boxed. And they fixed the ending of episode 6, because apparently it was taken from a very not-good analog master, which they restored in proper HD, and the comparison shots are... um, Why do companies let things get this bad? Because they really treat media preservation as a goddamn aftersight, especially in a day where everybody calls it content, which means it's disposable and throw it out in the trash for a tax write-off. Well, uh, in this case, anyway, the last episode of Gunbuster will have two versions to it, a 
16 by 9 widescreen version, and a 4 by 3 open mat version. So you'll get to see some extra stuff on the top and bottom of the frame that was never meant to really be shown because that's how open mat stuff works. They're usually meant to be cropped down to fit a theatrical aspect ratio. That's how cinema works, of course. I do find it interesting, though, uh, about uh, this, a lot of this open mat stuff. Go back to some of those old VHS tapes from, like, the 80s and 90s. Some of those are presented in open mat formats, which means you're going to get uh, a little bit more than what you would have seen before. Apparently, it's how, apparently that's the best way to watch Top Gun. Which is another inspiration for Gunbuster. It all comes full circle, don't it? It sure does. But yeah, that ending comparison compared to the uh, the old Analog Master, ooh, it does not look good. But this new version looks uh, very good. Anyways, Gunbuster looks great, sounds great, and whenever it finally fucking is able to come out, I'm absolutely going to buy it. Yes, it will be coming Same. early 23. They couldn't make it to... Uh, 2022, unfortunately. I'm going to take a guess and say March, April. Mm, possibly, yeah. All right. And so we come to the licensed rescue vehicle, which is apparently a totally legit and real thing for something that, uh, for some of us who grew up in the days of Saturday morning cartoons and technically the mid-2000s, we're going to know this theme. This song is so dumb, but I love it. Ultimate Muscle! Four kids, can you come on? Um, yeah, I feel like this one was only a matter of time once they got Chopin King, but uh, Yeah, so it seems like they're going pretty hard on getting a lot of, like, the big, notable, very absent four kids nostalgia titles lately. So like, uh, I I think that w- that was basically the last one. I I'm still wondering like when the heck uh like uh Tokyo Mew Mew is gonna happen. Uh okay. yeah, they can always get that. We're also uh I I it's not gonna happen because Nintendo, but there's also uh Kirby right back at you and the F Zero anime. God, those would be fucking incredible if they managed to get those. But yeah, um. So yeah, no, this is a pretty fucking cool release. I think it's just the English dub version for the time being. Yes, it is the English dub version. All 77 episodes on SD Blu-ray. It will have new uh, SDH captions included. More extra features TBD. And my notes say this is a new English master encode that was brought over via one episode per tape. Yeah, that sounds like a discotheque release, all right. Good lord. Uh, hey, hey, uh, uh, big companies, uh, there are these things called hard drives. Ever heard of them? No, if I can throw it in the bin. Uh, uh, after all right. Now, for this next one, I will pose a question to any of you out there who may not know. Did you all know, once upon a time, Tokyo Pop not only handled anime titles on DVD, but also handled English dubs? 
This is something I did learn, and this is a wild fact to know. Okay, I mean, I, I mean, I knew that. I watched the old Rave Master dub. I remember that theme song. I remember. Yeah. To, I also remember Great Teacher Onizuka was also a uh, Tokyo Pop thing. There was another thing that uh, didn't last too long, but it was a thing. Mysterious Thief Saint Tail. This is apparently a really well-regarded magical girl series, too. I, I remember, like, a couple of friends in the Discord ca- or chat were actually freaking the fuck out about this one in particular. And I gotta say, fucking seeing Discotech grabbing magical girl stuff, because it feels like there's a lot of genres that they were really going for that, like, were getting a lot of love. It felt like magical girl and, like, shoujo stuff was happening, but kind of not as much as like some of like the bigger like mecha titles and all that stuff so really really fucking happy to see a shoujo sports title and a magical girl license rescue happened in the same discotheque day that's pretty fucking cool mm-hmm. also who also i forgot i remember looking into who was in the dub and i think i was surprised Beach, what's it what's this called saint tail saint tail yeah I thought I heard Joshua Seth was in it. Uh, uh, we have Mela Lee, we have Joshua Seth, and Steve Bloom, Brianne Sedal. Oh, wow. Okay. Mar- Marshall, Michelle Ruff, uh, and some other folks. This is fucking mid-2000s as all hell. That's that's fascinating. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Anyways, great pickup. Yeah. Uh, well, it will have the entire show in HD on Blu-ray. It will also have the English dub, which was only 15 episodes because Tokyo Pop is a giant bag of suck. It was the style at the time. Yeah, and it will be coming out, uh, we'll say, late winter. Mm-hmm. All right. Now we have a remaster on our hands, and oh boy, it's a doozy. Ghost Stories. Okay, so... This is... I, I think most people know the story about ghost stories and how uh, a lot of the things that have been said about it have been debunked over the years. And I, I know the public perception of it is contentious, to say the least. Yeah, but for anybody who doesn't know, because this this was quite a while ago, I will give you the brief synopsis of what this series actually is. Gakko no Kaidan, or Ghosts at School, is a series of children's novels written by Toru Tsunemitsu, starting in, in 1990. It led to a four-part film series from between 95 and 99, a television series in 94, and an anime produced by Studio Perot in the year 2000, directed by Noriyuki Abe, with music by Kaoru Wada. Wow. Wow. Some of the music cues that are done in here are very reminiscent of some of the music cues he would do for Inuyasha at the same time, because the, both of the shows premiered in October of 2000. And that checks out. It certainly does. So. And yeah, this is basically just, you know, a children's anime with one lost episode, believe it or not. I'm not going to get into that right now. I don't have time for that. How it came to be over here, though. We can thank Anaplex for it. What? 
Anaplex approached ADV to produce an English dub for it, and they basically gave ADV full reign, with the rules being don't change the character names, don't change the way the ghosts are slain, and don't change the core meaning of each episode. And then they got, they just did whatever. It got more and more and more uh, out there as the series progressed. When it started, it was rather pedestrian, a little spicy, but by the end... They they went full hog, yeah. It, it was just full improv by the end. It was very... It is very, has a very interesting and controversial legacy. I... I I appreciate it exists in some ways, and others it sucks because anytime you see a funny scene in an English dub on the internet and it's comedic and a little raunchy and takes like a smidge of creative liberty, and somebody's just like, ha ha, it's the funny dub, it's just like ghost stories. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, uh, again, a lot of the... Stories about the show have been debunked over the years, and it's it's sort of living in that that kind of gray area of the fandom, in a matter of speaking. So, I'm fascinated. There is one particular thing about this release that when I saw, I was fascinated yeah. by. So, so this release. Will be coming uh, probably late winter on Blu-ray. It will be an upscale because this was a 2000s DigiPaint show. It will have all the episodes that are available anyway. It will have the original Japanese audio with you know, the full subtitles. It will have that ADV dub and the ADV closed captions track, which had their own uh, little gags thrown in. As they did. Yeah, and there will also be, believe it or not... A new commentary track featuring Steve7N Foster. This is so fucking fascinating to me. I, because I remember like the interview with, uh, with, uh, uh, oh my god, one of my, uh, Cartoon Cypher with him was already pretty fascinating and enlightening in several ways. I know, Jet, you were telling me a a lot about that. Whatever whatever your opinion of Stephen Foster is, and let's face it, there are people I know who really don't like Stephen Foster. I would be one of them. <laughs> this is fascinating, and I I really would be fascinated to listen to his commentary on this. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie and say I won't, or that like I have enough bad blood or hatred, because I don't. I'm just intrigued. <laughs> And this is very intriguing. Like the fact knowing that he legally changed his name to Steve Seven Foster. Uh, okay. Uh, why someone will post on it? Well, someone will probably post this on the internet, so maybe I'll check it out that way. But otherwise, I ain't checking that out. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna be real. You're still supporting. You're still supporting uh, Discotech, and this this seems like a release that will do well for them. Whatever your opinion, it will probably do well for them, and it'll only lead to better, cooler things in the future. Again, the original Japanese audio will be there, so if you want to watch it in its original context, there you go. Uh, But uh, there was a chief bit of commentary from one Lost Thief uh, during this whole thing that I just had to bring up. 
If you have fond memories of laughing at that dub in high school, be prepared to get kicked in the face like you're watching old nostalgia critics jokes because it's bad. Yeah, it feels like something that is like was. I'm not, is there are probably still funny things in it. I don't deny that, but it, it feels like it is a product of its time. And the reason it's really contentious to me and a lot of people in particular is that it is a product of the time that people are still talking about and bringing up in the modern day, sometimes in unfair context yeah, to many other it, works. It is very much a product of its time because let's face it a lot of stuff in the mid-2000s did not age well at all i appreciate it as like a product of its time but this is not the way forward and it's not it never was trying to be the way forward pretending it is or acting like it is is genuinely insane and ridiculous mm-hmm. however there is one choice line from the uh the gag subs, I'll just say, that has actually aged uh, rather well. I think I know where this is going. Drag queens won't bother you. Worry about priests. Oh, yeah, that one aged almost too well. Yeah, sure did. Well, we spent way too much time about ghost stories than most people probably should, so let's just carry on and talk about Fist of the North Star. Let's talk about English dubs I do want to talk about, because fucking what? Yeah, Fist of the North Star, this is the full title, The Legend of the True Savior, Legend of Rao, Chapter of Death and Love, what a fucking title that is. It is the first theatrical movie of this uh, side series from 2006. That will be coming out in the winter on Blu-ray. Uh, the other ones will be released separately due to there are um, there are three movies in there are three movies in total and two OVAs. Yes, and uh, uh, yeah, uh, it's also worth noting these aren't like side things. They are basically like loose retellings of the manga material. Uh huh. And here's the kicker. There's an English dub. So I need we actually do need to talk a little bit about this because there's a couple of interesting details about this one in particular. Notably the fact that so this is a sound cadence studio production mm-hmm. and they do fantastic work already. The dub is being held by one Mike Haimoto, who has been a regular with directing stuff at Sound Cadence. He's been assisting Marissa Lenti on a couple of projects like Tribe 9, Kageki Shoujo, and a couple of Cuckoos, just to name a couple. He's This is the first thing I've seen he's helming on his own in regards to an anime dub, and I discovered the reason why that is, is because Howard Wang is to Prince of Tennis what Mike Haimoto is to Fist of the North Star. Huge fan for many years, a lot of inside, a lot of fun facts he knows, and the thing that's interesting about this dub in particular is there are reprisals. Specifically throughout the entirety of the history, because Fist of the North Star is weird. There's been a lot of people who have played these characters over the year. Who the hell were they going to get for specific ones? And the big one, of course, which Kenshiro were they going to get? 
Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, real. I mean, cool. It would have been uh, realistically they probably were going to get Lex Wangs, and we had what came down to which of the modern ones they were going to get. I, to me, it came down to either Keiji Tang, who did one of the Fist of the North Star video games. I think it was the one by Omega Force and Koei Tecmo. But the one they went with instead, Robbie Damon. Uh-huh. Robbie Damon is reprising his role as Kenshiro from Fist of the North Star Lost Paradise. A game that came out in 2018 that was developed by the Yakuza devs. Uh, yeah, I remember playing the demo for that. It was pretty fun. So, yes, they got Robbie Damon to reprise Kenshiro from that to be this dub's Kenshiro. So, we'll go into that uh, as far as other members of the cast and crew uh, playing the role of Souther is the legendary Christopher Sabat. Uh, yeah, uh, we're, yeah uh, worth noting, he apparently, like, begged to be on this, which is kind of funny to think about. Really? I think I missed that part, actually. So he's a big fan of this and really wanted on. Okay. So um, playing Rao is, I believe this is new to the role, uh, Jason Douglas as Rao. Yeah, that is a, um, very, uh, that is a very interesting choice. Curious how he's going to sound. Uh, playing the role of Reyna is Alexandra Reynoso. That's really interesting for a very specific reason, because that is Sifa from the Castlevania Netflix series. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, 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 yeah, I think that's a character exclusive to these movies, so I actually have no real opinion there, but that's cool. That's pretty fucking cool. Uh, a couple other notable additions to the cast. Um, Aliyah Mountjoy as Shu, which I'm going to be real with you, I actually don't know who that is or their past work. That's a complete blind side, and I don't have the time to really go through that. And then David Walt as Toki. I will highlight David Walt as Toki because he's not listed on like the because David Wald and David Matrenga are in fact reprisals because David Wald played Toki and David Matrenga played Soga in Legends of the Dark King a Fist of the North Star story a 2010 Sentai Filmworks dub that was directed by Stephen Foster 13, almost 13 years ago. Uh, yeah, I didn't watch the dub for that, but I do vaguely remember watching like one episode of the, of the show in general. I don't even know if it's good, but from my understanding, David Wald is a great choice as Toki. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah, I just vaguely remember that being like a weird round prequel, but uh, yeah, David Walton seems like he would be a good choice for Toki. Anyways, playing the roles of the little kids, uh, Bat and Lynn, uh, Bryn April is Lynn, and our director, Mike Himoto, is Bat. Uh, no, that, that's cool. Uh, it would have been funny if they somehow got Tony Oliver back to uh, voice Bat, but uh, 
Mike Abadon will probably do a good the job. The director decided he wanted to be the kid, so hey, good for him. Outside of outside of those characters, also featured in this movie are uh, David Matranga, as I mentioned earlier, Linda Young, Jacob Hopkins, Brendan Blaber, Jack Britton, Afia Yu, Charlie Campbell, Damon Mills, and Aaron Campbell, which Charlie Campbell is actually pretty notable because he's never played Yo, but he, in fact, directed the new Fist of the North Star 2004 anime dub. So even if he's never played that character, Charlie Campbell is somebody who also has experience with Fist of the North Star. So this is basically pulling fan service and reprisals from all over the Fist of the North Star universe. This project's in good hands. And I'm pretty excited to check this one out whenever it drops. Yep. Uh, They're saying uh, winter, so it'll probably be uh, late winter. Uh, To note about uh, the staff. Of course, we have... Mike Haimoto as ADR director. Natalie Van Sistine is credited as ADR scriptwriter. And there are four assistant ADR directors working on this as well. The reason for that is because this is apparently a project with a shit ton of people. Yes, as I was getting to. Anyway, these assistant ADR directors are Damon Mills, Kyle Phillips, Marissa Lenti, and Mark the Engineer, Mark Swint. I actually remember uh, Kyle Phillips told me he was currently n- not directing at Funimation, aka Crunchyroll, whatever, because he wanted to be at he wanted to stay at home with his family because I think his wife just had a third kid and he just wanted to like be home with his family and all that. He had been taken to streaming, but he did tell me a couple of months ago he was working on a really cool project with Sound Cadence. We now know that project was Fist of the North Star. Mm. And right now, it is just this first movie. The impression I get is they are going for all five. That seems to be. The question is, how long is it going to take? Because it sounds like there's a lot of characters in these. So this is going to take some time to do. I imagine, like, the reason that these are going to be separate releases instead of, like, a combo pack is because these are all original dubs, and they want to recoup on those costs, which is totally fair and reasonable, and I'll I'll definitely pay for them. I'm really curious about this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Expect that uh, sometime early next year. They did say the dub is, is uh, finished, so just waiting for that disc to go, to go gold, that, and then, then it'll be ready. Also, obvious spoilers, but they did post a blooper, and it's it's, it's pretty fucking good. <laughs> yeah, great. All right, another license rescue after that lucky discussion. After the other lucky discussion. Yeah, this one's a pretty meaty show. Fuck it's late. A- anyway, uh, license rescue. The 2007 Mononoke. Cool. Yeah. So this is this is great. This is a spinoff from Ayakashi Samurai Horror Tales. This is a fan favorite. This is like twenty years old now. Uh, fifteen. Okay. So not. So it's still pretty old. Two thousand seven. Yeah. And this will be properly in HD this time, not like that other release that happened. And here's the really interesting thing about this. <laughs> There's an English dub included. Nobody knows who's in it. So here's the here's the part that's crazier to me. When I saw English dub, 
my brain was like, oh shit, they're making a brand new English dub for Mononoke. This is even crazier than them commissioning a new dub. They found a dub. They found a full English dub. That was came made like a decade ago. It was never released. They don't even have credits. But it exists. They found the full dub. And it's gonna be on their HD Blu-ray release of the show. What the fuck? And there is no joke. Zero information about it. I I cannot find anything about it. They just fucking found a fully complete dub. What? What the fuck? That's that's good to a dream for you. This is so fascinating. This is truly fascinating, and this is this was the craziest thing of the night to me. The fact that not only did they get Mononoke, they found a dub that had just existed for a decade and never saw the light of day. But they got it all and it's going to be on their release because fuck you, we're Discotech Media. You wouldn't have even known about this if we didn't just fucking have somebody tell us, oh, hey, you want to you want, you look for that English dub? Insane. Absolutely fucking insane. I have no idea how the fuck we're going to get a dub talk episode on this. It's probably going to happen, <laughs> but we don't know what we're going to do with a cast that literally doesn't exist. It's going to be a team effort. We will wing it. Yeah, alright. There's another... Uh... Another title coming out here for all you robot fans. Tetsujin 28FX. Neat. Had a good one, robot. This is a series from 1992 that is a direct sequel to the original 1960s Tetsujin 28 series. It is on SD Blu-ray. To note, all they had to all they had to work with were rather rough broadcast masters. It'll be the whole show, though, so there you go. Yeah, that sounds about right. Good on them. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. All right. All right, this next one we can go through pretty quick. They're in, for their Neon Knights uh, mm-hmm. sub-label, we have live-action movies. We have the 2012 live-action Another. I didn't even know this existed, but hey, cool. Yeah. We have an, an interesting movie, to say the least. From 2001... Suicide Club. I know people. I know somebody who really likes like Japanese horror movies, and even they were like, "I I couldn't finish this one. This was this was too much gore and violence for me." It it is out there, but um, they gave this a full HD restoration as this was a film shot on Super Sixteen. That's pretty wild, and apparently the color correction was personally approved by the original director themselves. Uh-huh. And the less said about said director, the better, is all I'm going to say. I actually do yeah. not know what their deal is. There, um, uh, uh, we, yeah, uh, we do not have stuff. enough time for that. 
boy. We also have the 1973 Golgo 13 film, starting not the one with Sonny Chiba, the one with Ken Takakura. And it was completely shot on site in Iran. Yeah, it was a, a Japanese-Iranian co-production. Ah, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, it'll be available on Blu-ray for the first time anywhere, which is uh, very cool. I think the Sony Chiba Google 13 has a licensor, so I think we have to play the long game for that to come out from Discotech. But it's cool they were able to get something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And back to anime we go with another Osamu Dezaki uh, series, the 1978 Treasure Island. So I have a yeah. question, because I was doing some research on Dub Talk stuff the other day, and I discovered this has a dub? The movie has a dub. Ah, wait, so, so... It's a separate thing. It is a separate thing, but it looks the same, but it's not the same? Uh, the movie came out in 1987. Ah, okay, so... This came out in 1978. Literally just swapped the numbers around. Fuck me, okay. Uh, alright, cool. Yeah, this is pretty cool. Yep. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah, looks cool. I uh, I really like the opening. That looked really cool. Yeah. Full HD release coming late winter. Looks like. All right. And now we have an update for Project Aco, and we now go live to the people at Discotech for their thoughts on it. It's done. Yes, Mr. Frodo. It's over now. Huzzah. Yes, the final entry of the most impossibly insane restoration project ever known to man, Project ACO 4. It's coming in the late winter, and by this point, they've kind of run out of stuff to put into it. That, I think that's the funniest thing, is that they're literally just, like, getting to the last one. It's like, what the fuck else do you want? We have put in literally every single minuscule extra we could find in the other three. We're tapped out. We can only... We only got so much more in the tank, guys. Like, at this point, we're running on empty. Just just fucking buy it already? Shut up. Which is a valid approach. They've worked very hard on this one. Yes, of course, English dub included, dashboard trailer... Uh, well, whatever extra stuff they can fit in there, it, it will be in there. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Though apparently, uh, Project Echo movies suffer from the law of diminishing returns, but uh, it, it it's the fact that we actually have all these fully restored from the film negative that means the most. Because remember, mm-hmm. we went from kind of analog, not great DVD releases to a planned upscale of the laser disc with the Domesday duplicator, which is a real thing. And then, out of nowhere, the film negative was found. And here we are. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Anyways, the, the saga is finally done. It's done. Good job. It's finally over. 
And there's more restoration work coming with the original Japanese Digimon Adventure. Hell yeah. Um, just like, uh, yeah, as a notion, that's look uh, really good. Yes. Yeah. yeah, the Astro Red stuff always is kind of magic. Yep. All 54 episodes upscaled via the magic of Astro Res. Work is still very much in progress. It will be coming out later in 2023. Uh, they're working on whatever extras they can put in there because I'm pretty sure um, there are some strict guidelines for all that stuff. I also don't know if we're going to talk about it, but it's worth mentioning. Hey, if you want the Japanese versions of like 2000s kid shows, you should probably continue to buy them. Yeah, remember, folks, they can only give you what you want. You gotta tell them what you want. So, if you want the shoujo, you want the magical girls, pay with, like, buy these and support them. And if you want the Japanese versions of kid shows, which they said do not do as well, fucking show up and pay for it. They also take considerably more time to put together, considering uh, they're the only ones actually releasing them. Yeah, uh, it takes time to subtitle stuff. Yeah, and you you also have to do, like, subtitles from scratch, too, yeah? Yeah. Yes, and of course, we had our reminders of what's coming out uh, from them. Uh, they have all the Irosayatsura movies coming out on Blu-ray. Is that? And they're still working on the TV series. The first set is done. Just uh, waiting on approvals. And by now, all of the Funimation-era Lupin dubs have now been released. The weirdest thing is that this was basically a show that was almost entirely without Lupin, but they're just like, and they they realized that, and they were like, okay, okay, we're just going to mention him for a second, okay? We are basically done with all the Funimation-era Lupin stuff. And we're still going to do some more Lupin, but we... We don't have anything to show right now. Yes. Still on the way. Uh, they went over their January release slate, but I'm going to save that for the end because well, there was an addendum. But this leads us to... There's always one more thing. And it's funny you mentioned the original Japanese version of some of these older kids' shows because at long last... The Japanese Sonic X is finally happening. Yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, I, yeah. I actually really do want to check this one out because I, I actually really did like the original Japanese Sonic X when I did watch it. This is probably one I totally would buy to check out. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've seen a few episodes of the original Sonic X and that seemed really cool, so I would like to check this out. Yeah, no, this one's pretty fucking cool. Yep. Uh, here is a message from Brady Harlow to all of you. Leave him alone. It's finally happening now, so leave him alone. I think he was saying anytime somebody asked him, he pushed it back a month. <laughs> yeah, it will be all 78 episodes on SD Blu-ray. Obviously, using the subtitles, it will include the 5.1 audio tracks from the Japanese high-spec DVDs and the stereo mixes with, as they say, massively restored video least amount of seizure editing ever. Restoration ended up sourcing the best possible video. There will be new uh, subtitles that were sourced from Hulu, believe it or not, along with fixed Ooh. translations, 
uh, signs added, bumpers translated. All next episode previews are now translated as well. And it will also include the US-only season of Sonic X for the first time ever, um, available in Japanese. I'm I'm just as confused as you are. Uh, yeah, uh, it's not that confusing. Uh, literally, that season was funded entirely by four kids. What? Uh, yeah, that, yeah, we was doing well for them, so uh, they straight up funded the third season of Sonic X. <laughs> I actually didn't know that. Shit, what? Oh, oh I should mention, um, when four kids bought the Saturday morning time slot on Fox for a couple years, uh, they straight up bought the whole time slot. All that ad revenue went to them and them alone, not to Fox or the affiliates, only them. Jesus Christ. Okay. Yeah. It's amazing the stuff you learn when you watch Power Rangers. As a, as a, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. And I mean, it's not the... And strangely, that isn't even the only thing for against fun of themselves. Uh, do you vaguely remember that... Uh, uh, do, you remember, do you vaguely remember that Yu-Gi-Oh! season with, like, the capsules and, like... Oh, capsule, capsules and dice yeah. monsters, really? It's Capsule Monsters. I know what yeah, he's yeah, talking was, about. Yeah it, was, yeah, it was Capsule Monsters. It was a different one. It was supposed uh, to be a spin-off that thing. literally never took off into a physical thing. As a, as a, uh, yeah, but uh, point is, that one, entirely funded by four kids. I think I remember that one. That must have been after I jumped off. Oh, well. Also, like, you have this here. There's kind of a little bummer with this Sonic X caveat. That would be um that any other sonic media right now oh, is right 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 right, yeah, um, it's kind of in a very big legal limbo for a couple of them where it's like they don't know who the rights holders are for who they would go for approvals, and they're kind of stuck in regards to a couple of them, so yeah. these aren't these aren't impossible, but right now, basically. The Sonic OVA and Sonic's at AM are kind of not happening in the foreseeable future, and that's kind of a that one's a real yeah, bummer. Um, uh, uh, I'm sure all ten people who are waiting for Sonic Underground are just really disappointed. Okay, look, Son- Sonic Underground can fuck off. I don't care. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I wanted the fucking Mecha Sonic over something bad. Yeah, I, I think that's tied up with Sega directly. They don't know who. To, the problem is they don't know who's got the rights, and this that's the whole ker- kerfuffle. Yeah. Anyways, um, that's a pretty good last thing. Well, 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 I wasn't actually finished with the Sonic stuff. Y'all cut me off. Sorry, sorry. Kind of tired. Go, go, go. Yeah. Um. Uh, to know, also included in this new release, uh, the pilot episodes in Japanese and English. Ooh. Nice. And and just a note about the other Sonic stuff. I think Sonic Sat AM, uh, because of Deke, uh, might be tied up into either a holding company or with uh, Disney. <sighs> From what I understand, Disney still holds international rights. They're just doing nothing with it. 
but uh, yeah, that's um, unfortunate. <sighs> yeah, um, but yeah, obviously, you know, Sonic Underground is uh, we don't need that. We have the meme from Joel. That, that, that that's all we need. That's all we really need, because the rest of that show is just uh, garbage. Uh, man, like, I remember the theme song and literally nothing else. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, that would have been it. But there's just one more, more thing. <laughs> Do you want insane 90s mecha action? You got it! The King of Braves... Gal Gygar! Oh, is that, uh, uh, to say that our friend at this point were like losing their minds when they saw that one, it's kind of an understatement. Yeah, this one's pretty, this one's a pretty big deal. Oh, Good shit. Yeah. This is another Kitchen Sink release, which will include interviews, unboxing clips, and PS1 FMVs upscaled to HD, along with the whole show, 49 episodes in HD. And the partial Media Blasters English dub because they just could not commit to anything that wasn't fucking porn. Yeah, I remember hearing some stories that I think, like, I think that was an NYAV dub, and they were actually really bummed they couldn't continue on with the dub of that. Yeah, that's uh, half the show right there, the first 25 episodes, so it's better than nothing, but uh, maybe someday. They also mentioned Gal Gygar Final will be coming to Blu-ray in the future as well. Yeah, that will be coming uh, relatively soon. And so we will cap off our home video roundup by talking about Discotech's January 31st releases. So we have the Japanese Shaman King... Cool. Which will have the Asherahs upscale and the six uncut English episodes included. Yeah, that's cool. Very cool. We have Tetrigen 28FX. Hey. Uh, we have the City Hunter Movies and TV Special Collection, which will contain upscale cited from a French release and whatever available English subs there are. We have the SD Blu-ray sets of Virtual Fighter and Dynamech Guy King. Cool. Nice. And we have the King of Braves, Gal Guy Gar. Hey. Yeah, they didn't announce that during their uh, stream, but it did go up on the solicitations, so don't have to wait too long for that. Anyways, as I said earlier... This is a well, probably one of the most balanced something for everybody discotheque days I've seen in a long time. This one had some shit for me. This one had some shit for all my friends who are into specific stuff. This was a really cool show. This was a really good yes. one. A little bit of everything for everyone. To note, this is uh, probably gonna. This is definitely the last one you're gonna get uh, for the year. There's no Christmas special coming, unfortunately. Yeah, this seems like a very, they're tapped out of new stuff to talk about, so that's fair. I took some notes during the Q&A because, well, I had to, and this, by the way, this was, this was like a two and a half hour long thing. They were on until like 1130. It was uh, very long. 
There were also some mic difficulties, but, you know, whatever. Uh, they noted that uh, Code of the Child Season 2 is in editing hell right now. Release date is very much TBA. Makes sense. Older mecha dubs are basically uh, not worth the work to piece together. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Bummer, but makes sense. Uh, there are more 4K releases coming, but not coming so soon. Those do take time and work to put together. Mm-hmm. Uh, sadly, no, nothing to report for a Canadian distributor, which is unfortunate. That is unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, there are no further updates on Lupin Part 2 as of right now, or any updates on Conan. So all five of you Conan fans out there can... Know, keep bitching to TMS about how uh, your show that nobody watches is being ignored. Hey, I, look, I know we're tired. Quit being spicy. I'm just saying there's a reason mm. why the, there is a reason why Crunchyroll doesn't talk about it. There's a thousand fucking episodes to it. Alright, what else is there? Alright. Um, unlikely for a J9 re-release for those shows that went out of print. Uh, Unfortunately. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. Uh, there will be epilepsy warnings for uh, Gal Gai Gar because... Well, it is honestly the least they can do. That is that is a very good... That's very good yeah, that they have they're, that. They're not, they're not really looking to edit anything outside of the original context, which is something that they, 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 they've been very good about. Yeah. <sighs> And with that, that's your El Grande Discotheque Day roundup. We talked about it all. We're fucking finally caught Jesus off. Jesus Christ, we've been on here for over three hours. Okay. Uh, my, yeah. my brain's mush. Goodbye. Yeah, I, ha- uh, yeah, I have... Uh, yeah, I have literally only one last thing to comment on, just because it wouldn't be... Just because... We'll probably talk about it next time. It will be funny to bring up. What? So, uh, so as far as tomorrow goes, uh, will Ash take hold the gold, or will he, or will he disappoint yet again? Tune in next time to find out. <laughs> but yeah, seriously, you all know what happened. It was talked about everywhere. Like, everyone talked about it. the Pokemon account talked about it, Variety, the BBC, ESPN. Uh, you all know what happened. We didn't. We recorded this, but uh, we do now. So, yeah. <laughs> Good night. I'm going. That, that, to bed. That'll be. That'll do it for us. We've been on for three hours. There's nothing more that needs to be said. We will come back next time to talk about Anime NYC. Maybe One Piece film red. We don't know. We'll figure it out as we go along. But uh, yeah, so thank you for listening. I did. I mean, I mean, I did see it. So I went about talking about. I it. also did see it. In which case, I could give a tier list of which songs are better than the others, and that'll piss people off. We I'm will figure that out in uh, due time. So thank you all for listening to this extra long and long winter edition of the podcast ONA. We hope we'll come back next time for. Uh, Anime NYC and all that other stuff. So, until then, uh, uh, yeah, it, it's it, we're we're doing this at eleven fifteen at night. It's late. We're going to bed. Goodbye. Bye, bitch. Goodbye.
I refuse your mercy. I am still the Holy Emperor. Hokuto Shinkin will not be my end. <laughs> oh, that was a mistake. I gotta be honest. <laughs> I looked like it was a bad choice. On my part, I should have just let you kill me without pain because Jesus is hurt. Anyway, I guess I'll be going now, so. Uh, uh, yep, that's. Oh, yep. Just leave me. I'll, I'll be here. Can someone bring me a glass of. Never mind. I'm probably gonna die anyway. Big Dipper out, guys. Make sure to like and subscribe. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, is it? Uh, is it okay, uh, so can I just make a random aside because it just sounds something really funny? What? Is it, okay, uh, so people were, uh, so I saw a couple of people flipping out because uh, Tatsuki Fujimoto apparently, like, closed his Twitter account, so people were wondering, like, oh god, is this because of the, like, Elon Musk, like, going over Twitter thing? Apparently it is not. Uh, the explanation from Manga Mogor is, uh, okay, so Tatsuki Fujimoto's account has been locked by Twitter because his persona's young age, since he was acting as his little sister on Twitter, uh, according to his editor, and uh, Fujimoto is in talk to get quote unquote, his sister's account back. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, okay. That sure is something. Ah, uh, fucking Christ. That's. <sighs> okay, so yeah, um, that happened. Are we done? We are technically maybe not done talking about Disney and anime. Not tech, not quite, because uh, there was something that happened. Studio Ghibli put up a very, very short teaser video that was basically their company's logo and the Lucasfilm company logo. This, this, is, all, could- this is all we know. We don't know anything else. Something's going to happen. We don't know what it is. The barest minimum. The barest minimum this can be. Is that Studio Ghibli is going to be one of the attached studios doing an episode of Star Wars Visions. That's the bare minimum. What there's a very real possibility this could be something more. And we have no idea what it could be, because that's literally all we know. It's just the logos, they're working on something, and now we wait. Yeah. Bare, bare minimum, yep. Lucasfilm and Disney money could basically fund the entirety of Miyazaki's final film. Uh, that would help speed it along, probably. I don't think it's going to speed it along. I just think it's going to make up for the time and manpower spent on it. <sighs> well, 
we shall see in due time, uh, whatever the hell this is going to be. 